Rob, I come before you today, half a man. So you finally done it, huh? You uh, shaved it off. Yep. My beard's gone. Gone. So is my confidence. I think just before, just before I left, which would have been early December, and it's now late January, so mm. not quite two months, but close enough. It's been a long. It feels like it's been longer than that. I feel rusty. We did record early, and then there were two shows in between, mm. so there's at least six weeks. Yeah, probably seven. Yeah, um, you know, I don't really count the one that I recorded with. With my wife. Um, That's so mean. She's in the next room. (laughs) Because she's, how do I put this, easy to get along with and do things with. (laughs) Are you saying Um, that your old pal AC is none of those things? (laughs) None? Let's just say that uh, that that podcast was particularly easy (laughs) to record. So... uh, Well, less editing was involved. Comedy uh, and drama come from conflict. Hello. (laughs) So if I hit you now, that's drama or comedy, depending on how you look at it. That's right. It depends on whose perspective you really... It's comedy. It's pretty funny if you hit Rob. If you're just in the street and see him, like, I recommend it. (laughs) Give him a belt. (laughs) 10 out of 10. (laughs) Recommended by Uh, Andrew A.C. Yoshimura. There you go. There's a review of... I actually had to think about what my name was then. (laughs) Because the last podcast (laughs) we recorded, I was like, I was like going, you can't call him... Andrew Elchan Yoshimura because I got it wrong once uh, and nobody noticed until uh, I listened back to it and yeah. it was just it, there's so many Andrews and it got confusing mm-hmm. and he's Elchan and yep. it was confusing and I got confused. <laughs> People at home, oh, he's just recording with his brother. That's cool. I, I didn't <laughs> know that. You know, you know. Oddly enough, I do have a brother mm. uh, and his name is not Yoshimura. No, it's Campbell. Yeah, yeah. Chris Campbell. Because he's the black sheep. Of the family? Yeah, <laughs> sure, the rest of us are Yoshimura. Sure, That's Glenn right. Yoshimura. That's right. No, it's not. It's Glenn Campbell. I'm confused now. Yeah, I'm the black sheep. So you're saying your brother didn't marry into a white Anglo-Saxon family? I, I'm i really confused now. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like going, he did, but he didn't. Or did he? <laughs> well, he did, but he was already... Oh, this is yeah, exactly. Yeah. So all of that preparation, basically. <laughs> so we had two episodes in between, yeah. recorded early, yep. had no idea what number we were up to. Yes. Got in here. We played a game mm-hmm. that we were going to review today for the featured game. Mm-hmm. You did a quiz. I made a quiz. There yeah. was a quiz. There was even a quiz. Mm-hmm. We sat down. You were ready. You had an intro prepared for me. Yep. We looked up the episode number to make the folder to yep. store the files. And it was number... 25. And 25 means every fifth show is a stream of nonsense. Yep. So... All that prep work. Yep. Pretty much flushed that down the toilet. Yep. Uh, so there will be no featured game. We might talk about it a bit, but it won't be a featured game. And uh, yeah, I made a quiz, which is a bit weird, but we'll see what happens there. But hey, who cares if we waste our time preparing for things? Because, you know, ultimately... 
life is kind of f- meaningless and futile, and we're all going to die. <laughs> so who cares what happens, really? When you think about it, when you think one. about it like that, when you yeah. think about it like the futile of existence, <laughs> why are you even listening to this podcast? Well, you m- this might be the only thing that makes existence worthwhile to you. <laughs> it may, it may be that just like the sheer bleakness and and utter emptiness of listening to a podcast like this, just you know. It just exaggerates that sense of ennui that you have about your own impending demise. So it may be that this is just a cool, a cool existential way to while away your precious few... Okay, okay, I've got it. We should market ourselves mm-hmm. towards hipsters. Okay, I like it. Because nobody, mm-hmm. like, wants to actually escape reality more than hipsters do. That's right. Okay. So we should market ourselves. You should have a big beard mm-hmm. and a stupid t-shirt. Oh, hang on. You're already halfway there. <laughs> Thanks, thanks a lot. But dum ching, I'll I'll play like a laugh track over that. Or um, I won't. You won't. I might actually. I have you know I have a few little sound effects. I've been building up a little library of sound effects. I don't remember if you remember, but there was that episode where we did news, and so I have like a news music. <laughs> like there's one episode ever where we did news, uh, and there's like a laugh track or like an applause track or yeah. something that I've used. But you need so... to remember the time in which we do this. Yeah. Otherwise, you'll have to listen to the whole thing. I don't want to listen to this podcast. <laughs> Yeah, you're too cool for this podcast. I you're am. so cool that you actually have to listen to this podcast before anyone else does. I feel like one of those losers that listens to gaming podcasts. <laughs> this is getting so far away from gaming podcasting. <laughs> I know days. it's not. It's not. I don't even know what it is. It's just a thing. It's a. It's a. <clears throat> I'm going to do my best Cody yeah. impersonation. Yeah. It's a gaming podcast, eh? It's like I went Cockney or something. It's a. It's about worms Armageddon in <laughs> Australia. <laughs> That worms, that worms WMD game we were playing is actually really cool. Yes. So we should play that more. We should. We Except have played it before mm. and it was... Uh, you got the hang of it, I think. Mm. And then and then we played like two games that were really close. And then you had to go home. And then as far as my memory goes, I never saw you again. <laughs> wait, who's the... Wait a minute. <laughs> Except That's... for podcasting or oh, something oh, stupid. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. Because for a moment there, I was really confused. Because we used to play games all the time together. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't happen. Like, we... Barely have enough time for this podcast. Yeah, like today's one of those rare times where we actually did have time. That's a bad use of the word time. Timey, time, time, time. Timey, wimey. You know how people say don't use the same word in the sentence like more than once? Well, well I, mean, I say that sentences are all about jamming as many words as you can into them that are the same word over and over again. Okay, a legitimate sentence using most of the same word. Okay. Fuck the fucking fuckers. <laughs> there you go. See, now that... That's a sentence that has it has it has a subject, yep. an object, yep. a verb. Yep. It it's grammatically a noun. Uh, was, it, was there a noun in there? Which uh, one was a noun? Uh, the, I guess the fuckers is kind of a noun. Yeah, cast it like that. You know, like it's an you know it's an it's a collective. Well, yeah, like a subject and an object are both nouns. I think they're both nominals. You know. You know, I used to be an English teacher. Yeah. I remember nothing <laughs> of the English language whatsoever. Yeah. Look, yeah. if you can, all I'm going to say, Rob, is if you're in Australia. Speak fucking Australian. Australianese. You're going to speak like a bloody Aussie, do you? <laughs> Jesus Christ. What's this podcast and crap you're doing? Okay, that's a very good impersonation of my dad. <laughs> and i got to say, like, my dad never listens to our podcast. Mm. Um, I'd like to see if I can find the what he actually said. Uh, because he's known Andrew Lynch for a very long time. Uh, doesn't get to see him much anymore. He gets mm-hmm. to see you all the time. Yeah, lucky, lucky boy that he is. <laughs> And uh, he, he actually said, after you do this one with Andrew Lynch, because he's usually softly spoken, mm. and um, I don't know, he probably values his opinion more than he does yours or mine. 
that's fair. That, no, that's fair. I, I am, um, as the French say, led jammering chatterbox. And uh, so I sent him a link to the podcast. Mm. Uh, and I, I actually just sent him a Game Life Balance Australia um, hyphen a bad podcast made by bad people. That's good. Which, yeah. <laughs> which is our. If you go to our website, <laughs> That's often, apparently our slogan. Uh, like the slogan changes quite a lot. Someone someone went into that website and wrote that as the slogan, and yeah. I think that person deserves kudos. I, I tried to change that to something even worse. <laughs> Probably something along the lines of "fuck the fucking fuckers," <laughs> but I couldn't figure out how to do it in the limited time I had. Um, I like that you're like, hey, dad, listen to my podcast, Link, and then it comes up with a bad podcast. <laughs> and uh, so he gave me a wink, uh, and then he said, and to, to be fair, like, dad sending a wink as an emoticon is is, is brilliant in itself, because yeah. I didn't even know he knew how to do that. <laughs> and he said, I actually got up at 6am and listened all the way through. My head hurts now. <laughs> I just replied with, probably means you learned something. Uh, I think... It, like, it was pretty game-centric last episode, I think. The, yeah, the one we did with Elchan. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. yeah, I think it was... And that just reflects, I think, um, Mr. Lynch's... Um, you know, the seriousness with which he takes this uh, this genre this genre of entertainment. This me- form of media, if you will. He takes it a lot more seriously than you or I do, and we do a podcast about it. Yeah, I don't know. You know, I've often thought that there are people out there more qualified than us to do this. Uh, and I know I know a lot of people who are. That's why we're a lifestyle podcast. But, but they don't have what I call courage, but what they call stupidity. I was actually about to say stupidity to put themselves out there, like in the way that we in the way that we've done. Um, but they've also, but they they their opinions are so much more mm. measured. Yes. than ours are. Mm-hmm. Like we'll just come out here and say that game's stupid. I mean, a twin stick shooter. You only need one stick. Back in my day. Mm-hmm. Always be shooting. Why do you need two <laughs> sticks to shoot? Honestly, who throws a shoe? Why do you need a first-person shooter? Why? I think the second person is a much better... Or zero people? Why yeah. do you need to be shooting people? Why couldn't you just have tea with them, Rob? Yeah, that's right. All platformers are bad. <laughs> Full stop, end of sentence. <laughs> so usually, that's basically like when I go on and say, N64, um, <laughs> Mario 64, Super Mario 64, uh, terrible game. We should change... Always cut flat for that. Okay. So instead of having a bad podcast by bad people as the tagline on our website, mm. I've just come up with a brilliant new tagline Okay, that I'm going to pattern because no one's used it before. Okay. But but hold on to your socks. How about All right. this? All right. Game Life Balance Australia. Yep. Fair and balanced. Fair and balanced. I like that. Yeah. But you know what? It needs a logo. Like maybe something with a big fluffy tail, a fox or something. Yeah. Maybe? Like some kind of... And then, you know, we maybe news... Like yes. because you know we talk about news a lot, so yeah, we can call it Foxy the Game Life Balance Australia Fox. <laughs> Foxy, that's because you know that's. Would someone draw that for us, please? Foxy, <laughs> Foxy the Game Life Balance Australian Fox. That's right, because when you think of Australia, and it's it's got to be a sexy fox though. Yes. It's got to be a sexy yes. damn I want, fox. I want like deviant art level. <laughs> Like, can I get a disturbingly sexy fox? Where you like, but no, but no actual nudity. <laughs> the kind of fox where you look at it and you go, "Wow, someone had a lot of time on their hands." Um, <laughs> and with okay, that. okay, furries, pretty big. That's all I'm saying. Maybe, maybe we can up our viewership. <laughs> let's angle this. Let's let's turn this ship around. Yeah, and aim it towards the island of furry wait island of saint fur mm, what's Do- an island dr name? moreau you trying to put a dr moreau joke in there somewhere 
I don't know. That's Furries love that. I'm guessing furries oh, love that anyway. Oh, God. <laughs> this is Welcome to, and always will be, here we go, Game Life Balance Australia, episode 25, Stream of Nonsense. This is a stream of nonsense. As we were saying before, every fifth episode, we go nuts, put a microphone in front of our faces, turn mm-hmm. it on and see what happens. This is what happens. Sexy foxes <laughs> as our new logo. That's right. You know, what if someone actually does that for us? You know what? I have a, I have a scary... Th- there, there are at least two of our listeners who are, like, scarily motivated to do things like that for us. I can think of three, I, I feel, but there I feel, is one who is actually incredibly an incredibly good artist, yeah. and I think actually teaches art. But I, I think sexy foxes are below him. I don't think... I think they're beneath him, I should say, you know? Below him. I don't think so. Because <laughs> they're not beneath him. They're totally below him, baby. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> High five. <laughs> I was trying. I was going to make a fox noise there, uh, and then my brain went, what noise do foxes what make? What noise is the fox? <laughs> and, then, and then my brain went, like internet, a, danger, bad. I'm going to say like a low hissing. <laughs> yeah, something like that. That's a predator. I don't know. Yeah. That made, I'm, I'm watching the... Um, I'm watching the levels. Yeah. And it, it made a really funky wave pattern there. Yeah, that's pretty cool. When, when I did that, so... Yeah. Uh, maybe, I don't know. I, I don't know. I I mean, sexy foxes. That's but what Rob wants. Do they squeak or something? I think they squeak. They're, I mean, they're canine. Aren't they part of the canine family? Yes. I mean, they're dogs. Do they bark? Do foxes bark? Uh, I'm a fox. Woof. Go, go. Gow, gow. <laughs> gow, gow. Gow, gow. That's, that's, the, that's like the, the roaring noise that most um, uh, Japanese animals make. Oh. Or bears and stuff like that. It's like, gow, gow. You know, that's an interesting diversion because I know that in different cultures... The is it onomatopoeia? Yeah, onomatopoeic. Yeah, like there's a different there's different onomatopoeic sounds. Exactly. For, like yeah. like in like in Australia, like Australia in English speaking countries. Yeah. We say cats go meow meow, mm. but in Japan they go nyan nyan nyan. Hence the nyan. Uh, cat. One uh, dogs go one in Japan. One 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 one. So sometimes instead of calling them inu, they call them one chan. One chan. Huh. Mm. Because that sounds so... Because I can get Nian sounds a lot like Meow. Yeah. Like, that's pretty close. But Wan, that's pretty far from Woof. You know, I yeah. agree, but they, yeah. it, when a dog goes Woof, it goes... Ugh. Yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't really sound like a Woof or a Wan. It doesn't... No. It doesn't sound like anything. You know, you know what a peak says? Mm. Buta uh, sounds like in, in Japanese. Boo-boo. Mm. Boo. <laughs> what? That's not how I say But like this is what I enjoy about learning about this is that whenever I read a different language's like onomatopoeic noises, I'm like, that's no No, that is like they're crazy. We we totally We're... translate this fairly and squarely into English. Once again the Western world is right and everyone else is wrong. <laughs> They've had wars over that, you know. <laughs> that's right. Actual wars. And we've won them all. <laughs> Except for a few notable exceptions. What? <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say list them, and then I went, no, don't. Please, please don't. Oh, God. So, yeah, we did actually play a game today, and we're not going to use it as a featured game. No. Which is a shame, because it's actually a really good game. I had... It was like, you know when Rob usually recommends things to me? Mm -hmm. Um, They're usually (laughs) shithouse. It's like, enter the gungeon. What kind of fucking stupid game was that? (laughs) That's a twin stick shooter. I hate twin stick shooters. They're like, oh, I see. I think you'll love this. It's got pixel art. Yeah, you can shove those pixels where the sun don't... Pixely sun don't shine. <laughs> Would you go so far as to say that all first stick shooters are bad games? <laughs> no. No, no. Just that one. Sorry, I just... 
I just like the idea that we're like this is our new model. This is our new the new way forward for us is to just be as. I was, dis- I was about to say yes, but then I remembered <laughs> Smash TV, and Smash TV is a good game. Yeah, I, I'll pay Smash TV. I just like the idea that this is it for us. It's just like sweeping. Statements. Sweeping generalizations, generalizations about entire genres of video <laughs> yeah, games. That's right. Yeah. Every platformer sucks. So do we decree. <laughs> we sit on our big throne. I watched a trailer of Bioshock Infinite. Yeah. And from that, I'm going to review the entire Bioshock series. Zero uh-huh. stars. Zero Two st- thumbs down. Zero out of ten. Is that the one that takes place underwater? Because underwater. I don't know. Levels, I think so. Underwater <laughs> levels of any game suck. Yeah, that's right. Remember Sonic the Hedgehog? Yeah. Great game until you got underwater. Then yeah. it sucked. Well, I think from that we can conclude that I'm right. I think so. What we what, so Bioshock <laughs> Infinite sucks. Yeah, um, but also by you know sort of lo- Sonic logical... sucks. Sega sucks. Yeah, it follows that the Dreamcast is a terrible system. <laughs> it follows though, doesn't it? You know what? I actually. <laughs> <laughs> so I we are trolling you, listeners, and we're sorry. I don't know a little Dreamcast. Bit. <laughs> no, I I actually own two Dreamcasts: the Japanese one and a mm. and an Australian version the european version pal version i suppose but which is better uh the japanese version by far because it i don't know it <laughs> spoken like someone who went to japan recently yep yep i was kind of over there for various uh non-sexy fox reasons <laughs> sexy foxes <laughs> what, what can you name a sexy fox reason i just want to know what <laughs> What is um, that? What is this I really thing? like big lingerie bushy tails. I suppose. Belongerade? I don't know why that the Japan has become as like thought of as like the home of everything kinky. Like No, I know why. Because they sell underpants, used women's underpants in vending machines. That pretty much is like the pinnacle of like yeah. overt uh kinkiness or so, at least depravity. If you want like so if you wanted to have sex with a sexy fox, let's just say for example. Um a, a real sexy fox or Well, I should take your pick, really, but if you Okay, I'm well, pretty sure bestiality is illegal even over all there. Alright. So okay. So some a consenting adult, probably in a suit fox. <laughs> um <laughs> Could you find that I action? Had, I had a mouthful of of alcohol then and I couldn't it almost went through my nose like because a fox in a suit I mean like in a suit I was actually thinking like of a fox a dandy looking fox in a tuxedo with a little pooch eye but his tail right had a lingerie on it some people only want to have sex with foxes that are well dressed you know you know classy imagine if that was your one and only kink and that was the only way you can get off (laughs) was a fox in a suit You're like, no, you, you got dress pants and a shirt, but it's not quite what I need. I need, <laughs> that, I need that double-breasted oh, jacket. Oh, no, that, I think that fox is wearing jeans. I need at least Ew. a one-button blazer here. <laughs> Help me out. It's a like, rich English fox. Yeah. <laughs> Voiced was, by Patrick Stewart. I was, gonna, I was going somewhere with that, but I think we probably shouldn't go there. No, I think, I, I think, I think I'm glad I interrupted you when we did. Yeah. I should get us back onto the path of... Uh, the last thing we're we were talking trying? about was sexy foxes. No. <laughs> we were trying to talk about trying two a bit. But, uh, yes, that was a fun game. Yeah, uh, it was not a dual stick shooter. No, that way is a good game, and therefore good. <laughs> so it's a <laughs> everything else in the universe, including Dreamcast, sucks, oh, except for the Japanese version of Dreamcast. Yeah, which I actually have quite a few games for. Mm-hmm. I even have like oh, actually speaking of twin sticks, okay. you know what I do have? I actually have the Dreamcast twin sticks for Virtual On. Oh, okay. For Dreamcast. Right. That's awesome. But they're not used for sh- 
for like in the same way you'd use them for twin stick shooters. Hmm. Thus, Virtualon mm-hmm. is a good game. <laughs> there you go. Done. I think we've figured out how to review video games. <laughs> is it a twin stick shooter? Yeah. Yes. Get out. <laughs> no. Five stars. <laughs> I'm not sure if we've figured unless, out. Unless it's in, in <clears throat> any way related to Super Mario 64, mm. then minus five stars. <laughs> That's right. Is it even a little bit like Mario 64? Oh, I see the shade of red and he's wearing a hat. <laughs> Zero stars. Any hat-wearing character is a big... It's a big no-no. It's a big... Yeah, it's going to cost you. So, I mean... When you come knocking on our door, you best come without a hat. <laughs> hatless. I repeat, he's hatless. That's... Yeah. How, yeah, yeah, I mean, everyone used to wear a hat until I think Prince Philip decided not to wear one one day, then nobody wore one. Yeah, is that right? I think that's what exactly what happened. Wow. Influence of royalty. Yeah, it's like everyone used to wear a, f- wear a fedora, and then one day someone, and you know, he's pretty brave not to wear a hat because mm-hmm. what's going on up there is pretty scary. Yeah, it's not. Look, it's like the crypt, crypt keeper, mm-hmm. like, but mixed with um, <laughs> Prince Charles. Yeah, that's actually pretty accurate. The saying is like an undead, like some kind of leash or um, wraith, if you will. I think wraith is probably the right <laughs> word to use there. A yeah. racist wraith as well. <laughs> Yeah, you know, look, I will say he is colourful. <laughs> you know, like, entertaining, but maybe not in the way that you'd want. He, uh, you, wouldn't, you wouldn't hire him for children's birthday parties. No, definitely not. Unless you Here, children, s- let me tie these Those like hell- animals together. And, oh, God, they're attacking again, aren't they? Oh, bloody... <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. And then he'd probably, like, single out one of, like, the... Children from, you know, an ethnic background or yeah. something. Make some really unfortunate remark. I'm going to give you the keening of a life. <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, well, yeah. wait, okay, all right. Yes. Trine. Trine. Trine 2. 2. Okay, so the first one, not great. Yeah, so I didn't... So here's some background. I bought Trine 2 because it reviewed really well at the time. This is back in 2012. Mm-hmm. Uh, Trine 1, I kind of passed over it because it just didn't... It didn't... You know, I didn't get the review scores that I need. Not that I'm, like, dominated by review scores. You kind but, of are. But I sort of am, you know, a bit. Especially when it's a game, like a, like a platformer, which is a I genre that's so broad that, you Yeah, know, if, you, if you heard nothing about this game and knew nothing about it and you went, yeah. Oh, okay, I'll read the review to see what the game is like and it didn't review well. Then maybe, yeah, yeah. that's kind of what reviews are for. Yeah, exactly. So I passed over Trine 1, but Trine 2 was very much like a critic's darling. So I picked it up on sale. Um... You know, about 2012, 2013 or something. And I really liked it. I played it single player. This is a, a game that is very much best played co-op. So um, having you around to play it with me today, it kind of made me realise just how good a game it really is. Because I always liked it a lot. but So you finished it before, right? Yeah, I, f- I played through the whole game single player. And um, having you with me today, I was like, God, I've really been missing out. Because that game is a lot of fun Co-op, co-op platformers, and so there are very few co-op platformers done well that actually come to mind. Yeah. And I know what you're thinking, yeah. people out there, Mario, New Mario, Super Mario, Wii, yeah, Wii yeah. U. No, I mean, co-op is a very loose way of yes. saying how you can kill someone <laughs> quite easily. Because that's yeah. what you do in those games. Yeah. But in this game, like, Friendly Fire is turned off. Mm. The game is incredibly beautiful. Yes. Very, very pretty. Mm. And this is the game where I had... A, it's very responsive. I had a lot of fun. I knew how to play the characters because they, like, they only had a couple of attributes. Like, maybe um, yeah, two or three attributes each. They're like each. Two, or three char- two or three abilities each, and that's it. Yeah. Pretty much. So you don't really need to memorize too much, which no. is good for me. 
Yeah, it's very simple. It's pick up and play. Yeah. Uh, and it was great playing with someone. I could see mm. why people would go through this game by themselves. Yeah. And it would offer so much more of a challenge. It's kind of like playing that game on hard mode because you have to switch between them with no one else to get over the trap first or yeah. to kind of, you know, magic up a plank Mm-hmm. Yeah, box. if it's a DIY it. Yeah. Um, it is a puzzle platformer. Like, let's be clear. It has action elements, but they're kind of secondary to the main... The main sort of thrust of the game is this sort of cooperative puzzle solving. Um, the combat's good um, in a way because it forces you to play the characters in particular ways. But it's not the main focus. Like, the, yeah. the, the, the combat is very plain... Um... And the enemies yeah. are usually... There's only like one type or two types of enemies on the screen. And some of which you can't even kill. Yeah. Should I should I should have run through the characters quickly so you get a better idea of... Yeah, well, we'll do that. And then what we'll yeah. do is I think we'll leave it for another day. Because I actually want to talk about this game yeah, I'd like as to a talk featured about it game. Maybe but, we can um, do it next week in more detail. Uh, or at some point. At some point, yeah. Um, but, you know, basically there's a fighter character that's pretty much just like an action platformer type of character. You know, mm. he can block with his shield and he can hit things with his sword. There's the wizard that has, like... The wizard's kind of, like, the key to the whole game because he has these sort of physics-based spells that you can create planks and and sort of, like, blocks or, like, cubes that you use to sort of, you know, traverse the environment, like, create new planks. You can also drop them on people. Yeah. um, And you can create planks. Yeah, I mentioned planks, but, yeah, you can drop them on people, you can... But you can use both to create, like, a seesaw effect as well. Yeah, and you can also pick up enemies, you can you can level up your characters, and you can get abilities to pick up enemies and move mm. them around, so... Um, and levitate objects and things, so he's really fun to play as. But he's also not really f- offensive. No. Um, like, unless you pick a character up and chuck them into a fire. Yeah, I mean, once you get that ability, you can do more in the combat situations, mm. but until you get that levitate enemies ability... You really are pretty much like defenseless, and you have to rely on on the um, the, the warrior character to, to protect you. And there's also this this rogue character, um, and she's kind of interesting. She's got like a ninja rope ability, like from Worms, you know. Like, yeah, yeah, it is. It kind uh, of did have a Worms feel to it. But yeah, not not as intuitive. I yeah, say. it's not as e- I mean, it's not as well, I say easy to use, but it, it functions a little bit differently to the Worms one. Yeah, I don't know why it reminds me of Worms, but the way she fires it out and it can only grab onto anything wooden. Yeah, so it, it sort of auto aims towards wooden objects yeah. around you, and then you can like sort of lower and raise yourself and swing on it, and that's where it, that's what it reminds me of Ninja Rope is because of the ability to like lengthen the rope at will yeah and also kind of like swing yourself back and forth and she's got an arrow ability as well yeah, like she, her, she does have like half offensive yeah capabilities and she can turn invisible yeah so she's more of a she's sort of a halfway between the uh, the wizard and the warrior because she can fight but also has more of a she also has like sort of a like a puzzle solving skills as well I'm um, a bit of a hack and slasher so I, yeah. I of course chose the um, the least complex character which was the um, the warrior yeah and I, I played as the wizard and we kind of just uh, went through the game that way, which is kind of fun because, like I said, when combat kicks off and there's like six or seven goblins coming at you, um, Rob would wizard, run to the back. He'd I, go, "Help me! I help me, Nighty! Help me!" I basically try and like get on top of a platform and hide, or like make <laughs> make a few blocks and stand on top of them, and like you know, like a, like a cartoon lady in a 1950s like you know <laughs> animated short, like you know, with my skirts up to my my waist. <laughs> Don't wear a skirt. Eek eek! A goblin, you know. Um, so I think I think we should yeah. leave the game at this point because yeah. actually, like when we're talking about it now, mm. uh, and I quite really enjoyed playing this co-op with Rob. I yeah. think we should actually hold off on it and talk about it fully as a featured game and give you a lot more details about it at a later date. And that way, 
we might have a chance to play a little bit more. A little bit more. A little bit, a little bit more. Game, yeah. we, we got into like the third level, third level area. Yeah, we got pretty, not super deep, but we got past the first few bosses and things like that. And um, yes. So what have you been, what else have you been playing? Oh God, you know, it's, it's funny. Since uh, I've been on holiday um, a lot, since we last recorded, I, I, I had um, three weeks on leave, then a couple of weeks at work. And just now had, um, I'm in the midst of another four days on leave because we had a public holiday on Thursday uh, and then I took the Friday off as all clever government employees did. And so I had four days in a row off. So I'm in the midst of that. So plenty of time to play games, but I haven't actually been playing anything particularly noteworthy. I've actually gone back. I've actually regressed some of my old favourites. So, I'm back playing Total War again. Oh, Robbie. This is, uh, you, know, you know what? This is how you start being a retro gamer. You go back <laughs> to your old favourites and you go, oh, these new games look okay. And then all of a sudden it's 20 years later and yeah. you're still playing Super Mario World. <laughs> and the world's moved on and all the kids and are listening you to you haven't. Listening to something called Dube Step. And you're, you know, you're out of touch. And oh, who, that's why that Skrylix guy, right? And yeah, and who, who even is this Lady Gaga that they talk of? And who even is who even is this 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 Malay Cyrus? And who and who? Okay, so here's the thing: like the dube step, I legitimately <laughs> thought it was pronounced like that because I'd only ever heard it I written know, down. I still laugh at you about this. I know. And then people <laughs> think, how can you be so out of touch? Well, I don't really watch television. I don't really pay attention yeah. to a lot of modern uh, what's going on in the world because it's not interesting. Like, yeah. I mean, listener out there, do you really find Lady Gaga interesting? Do you really find Malay Cyrus? Malay, sorry. <laughs> Billy Bay, Billy uh, Ray Cyrus, interesting. If you do, I believe her name is Melee Cyrus. I think it's pronounced Melee. <laughs> That's actually a pretty cool name, Melee. Melee Cyrus. Yeah, actually, we should call our kids Melee. All right, now you've already you get first dibs on that. <laughs> Damn it, Melee, Melee Bailey, Melee Bailey. <laughs> that sounds awesome. Melee Bailey, Melee Bailey, Melee Bailey. Nice. Melee Bailey, the ballerina. Hey, this is getting better and better. Yeah, that's a million dollar idea, that is. <laughs> that's right. Make an animated series about them. Take this to the bank. <laughs> Hello, bank, I've got this idea here. Get out. <laughs> Wait, why? Unhand me. <laughs> You're flung unceremoniously to the curb. Um, uh, well, but that's usually how you're greeted into a bank in <laughs> Australia and out of the bank as well. That's how most of my visits to the bank go. Please, sir, can I have a loan? <laughs> a loan? You want a loan? <laughs> I have a little tin can with a, <laughs> I shake it as a coin in it it makes this like pathetic rattling sound yeah but like the banks in Australia would just reach in and take the coin out yeah. and then kick you to the curb that's right and then take your cup that's right and then your pants that was where, oh, you, that's your overdraft fee thank you very much <laughs> uh, yeah so yeah not a lot of gaming really um, not a lot noteworthy I have look I have been playing more Lego Harry Potter with Meg um, we're kind have of, you finished it yet we're trying or? 100% it Oh, you're going so, for a completionist run? Yeah, yeah. So, but look, we're actually pretty close. We're pretty close. <sighs> Don't you falling down a hole, Robbie? Well, a, we, a roll that I uh, a, a hole, a roll, a hole that I cannot follow you down. Well, we hundred percented Lord of the Rings Lego uh, mm. and the Hobbit Lego, so it's kind of like the way we the way we play these games is to hundred percent them, um, which is fine because like the games are actually pretty short and they're very easy to get through. So. Yeah, but like, aren't there a lot of really obtuse places that they place a lot of There's the collectibles? A lot of yeah, the actual difficulty of the game comes from, well, one, the fact... Total that, exploration of the yeah, level. Yeah, yeah. And also, like, the fact that one of the achievements requires you to um, get 
a certain amount of coins in a level, or like I call them coins. I think they're called studs in the game world, but I'll call them studs for the purpose of this conversation. Um, you have to get like a certain number of studs to get this achievement in each in each level of the game, and if you die, you lose your studs. It's like Sonic; you don't get all of them back. Like even if you collect all the studs that you drop, but do you have you to go and collect get... them again? Yeah, and if you and if you mm. so if you die enough in a level. You just won't get that achievement. So that's the only real punishment that the game meets out for dying. Um, because you can die as many times as you like, and you're still... Like, there's no limit on how many times you can die, if that makes sense. So there's no actual challenge, per se, in pushing through the game. Like, in sort of, like, you know, just brute-forcing your way through the game. But there is a challenge there in getting the achievements and stuff. So, in a way, 100%ing is, is, is sort of, like, the way to get... Um, you know, a bit of challenge and a bit of hard work out of the game. So, does that does that make you're smirking at me and I'm a bit worried by it. I'm not. Uh, I no no no. Um, I just I saw something on the screen and I thought this is this is an opportunity to play to play a bit of havoc. I was doing two things. I was listening uh, to you at the okay. same time and I, I thought I you had a Steam pop up uh, and I okay. recognised the gentleman in the photo. Oh yes. And then I quickly went off to the side and, and just kind of tapped in a couple of things and told this gentleman to stop playing the current game. <laughs> and he came back to me and said, But it's fun. <laughs> so I think he figured out how I saw him do it. Uh, but I wanted him to think that I was in the house with him. <laughs> because to be fair, I would fall for that. If I was like yeah. if I was like playing Worms WMD mm-hmm. and someone said Stop playing worms. And I'm like, oh, there's someone in the house with me, and I'm by myself. And like, there's there's no like wife or baby in the house to protect me or use these human shields. <laughs> uh, but of course, uh, it pops up on people's Steam accounts. Yeah, you can learn. You can you can you know exactly how much Final Fantasy fifteen, sorry fourteen, I should say. Get it right, Robert. Yeah. How much Final Fantasy fourteen a certain Cody Goth might be playing? <laughs> and let me tell you, it's a lot. Um, Cody so- Goth, I've never heard of him. Yeah. Oh, oh, Mr. Anime. Really? Two thousand sixteen. That's right. Yes. I hear he loves Final Fantasy fifteen. Yeah, I, I hear, I hear that it's his super fave. So, uh, but a lot of people have complex relationships with that game. I think. Yeah, I, I, one of my friends described it as like, like the story is good but very obtuse. It's also only half, like only half of the game is there or something. Like someone hacked yeah. the game and found a whole other continent that wasn't oh, that really? was there but wasn't populated with anything. Huh. And, I had no idea. So the game could have possibly have been twice the size. Yeah. That's what I heard. I feel very reticent to talk about Final Fantasy because I'm not a fan of the... Of, I mean, look, they're not, look, I respect them, but I'm not a fan, right? So, like, and there are super passionate fans of these games out there. And, like, I just don't, like, have strong feelings about the series, really. I enjoyed some of the games. Like, I, I thought... I kind of jumped in, at, like, a lot of people at 7. Uh, enjoyed 7, enjoyed 9. Enjoyed- Did you play 8? I, yeah, I couldn't really get into. I couldn't find the way eight to get was, into eight. Eight was really buggy. Like it was a, it was a kind of a uh, mess. Look, a lot of people will think that eight's actually really awesome. Um, so I probably I, for those reasons. I though. hesitate to to pan it, but I think a lot of people can agree. I think even the fans of eight can agree that it takes a little bit extra to get into it and to sort of understand what it's trying to do um, in terms of like the mechanics and stuff. Um, like the drawing system just left me feeling very um, confused and. Um, yeah, so I didn't really get into that. Nine, I liked a lot. Ten was weird, but I liked it. And that's kind of the last... I think that was the last Final Fantasy game that I played. Was I mean, they're a commitment. They're a time yeah. sink. You know, no matter yeah. no matter what, even if, even if it's like MMO, Final Fantasy, if mm. it's just like straight story, 
four disc Final Fantasy, they're all big time commitments. Yeah. And they're all kind of different in their own wacky way, which I think is good, but... Yeah, you have to really love it though, don't you? You do. I think at some point you have to just dig that whole aesthetic and the whole, the vibe of Final Fantasy games, which I just never, like, I enjoyed the games as role-playing games rather than, like, I was never super into the art style. I was never super into, like, the the world-building parts of Final Fantasy. Although I thought 7 had a pretty cool world. See, I have um, 7, because 7 yeah. is one of those things that um, my wife really loved mm. and a lot of people really loved. I've never played it. I have yeah. watched people play it uh, and a, a cheap copy came up for me, and so I did buy the game mm. and it proudly sits on my shelf and I haven't done anything with it yet. <laughs> but I, I don't know, there's something about it. There's something that, I don't know, it's, it's almost like hitting an advance button and a reset button at the same time you know it's like here's mm-hmm. something new but something old but mm-hmm. something blue but I don't know maybe you're getting married to Final Fantasy <laughs> yeah. and it t- happens an issue and uh, <laughs> yeah I'm sure there are people who wanted to marry Cloud back in the day oh look I'm sure there still are people who want to marry Cloud and God bless them I say <laughs> God bless them everyone and <laughs> and if you like Eris that's good too and what and you know hey Yuffie is a bit young but alright that's fine as well it's all cultural Exciting stuff. <laughs> so yeah, that's that's a thing you can do. Um, so have you been playing anything else, or just kind of like basic Lego games? No, kind of? uh, I've been playing a little bit more of The Witcher. Like, I think the problem with The Witcher is that I've already kind of burnt out on the Ooh, on the core yeah. loop of the game. Which because it's kind of funny. I don't know whether it's because I have little. I think I don't know whether it's because I have less time to play games now or what. But I find myself very quickly cottoning on to what the loop of the game is now. And once I grasp that, if I don't find it compelling, I, I tend to move on. You know, like... And I, I found that to be the case even... I think I'm getting to that point now with, with the Total War games where I'm like... I've played enough of them where I'm like, okay, I kind of see what this game is making me do and, like, the decision-making processes that I have to go through and, you know, where to spend my effort to get the result and stuff. And all games have that that sort of, like... That thinking process of, like, how do I do this the way the game needs me to do this yeah. to, like, beat it. And um, with Witcher, I figured that out maybe about five or ten hours ago, like, you know, of gameplay. And since then, I've been enjoying it a lot less. And, like, yeah, there's a lot of stuff to do. There's, like, so many quests and stuff. Like, that's cool. But the fact that I sort of have got the game's number in terms of, like, how the fights work and how the Sherlock Holmes-esque like detective side mm. of the game works and stuff so it doesn't it's not surprising me like it used to it's not it's not throwing curveballs at me like it used to so it's just not as compelling as it was and i I, th- I suspect that might be the reason why a lot of you know and this is anecdotally but a lot of people that like you know in the game's media um said they didn't managed to beat the game like they picked it up played it but then never got to the end it scored well it did well it even got a a few 10 out of 10s yeah i remember and i can see why like it's such a big game and even if it's not strictly repeating itself over and over again no i mean it's not if you get repetitive the measure of it yes yeah and then after you figured it out but you still there's nothing new coming on the horizon then i can see why unless you were passionate about it you might kind of burn out a bit so do you think you'll finish it i think think i'd like to because i've spent so much time with it that i want to see that see it through yeah um but i'm just concerned that at this point what the game has like the what the game can do to surprise me is new enemies like new monster types 
that I haven't fought before, or um, interesting story twists. Um, but if you're going to throw, like, 10 or 12 humans at me for me to kill, like, I can kill those guys. Like, that's not a problem anymore, you know? Yeah. Um, I'm a pretty efficient killing machine now. Um, and, and So, how far through the game are you? Are you, like, uh, three quarters? I want to say I'm on the... I think, I, I think I'm, like, past halfway. Okay. Of the story. Mm, um, that's still a pretty big time sink to kind of yeah. go in there just to finish the game. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it, and it comes down to that sunken costs fallacy that you may have heard bandied about. This, this this economic theory that basically it's... That some people think that, oh, I've spent this much time or this much money mm. doing this thing. I need to see it through to make that time or that money worth it. And that's like a logical fallacy. Like it's it's actually a bad idea. You see, I to see things through that way. Like understand that way yeah, of thinking, but yeah. I don't agree with it. Like because my time is already so precious that, and being a retro gamer, there are not that many games you can actually complete. Like you can't finish Gallagher. Mm. Like you can play Gallagher and have a good time and see how far you can get. Mm. Um, but do but you, you don't. To? Yeah. You don't need to... You, I don't think you can finish that game. Mm. Like There are many like shooters that are just infinite. Yeah. Like, Pac-Man only finishes because you run out of RAM, mm. effectively. Yeah. Uh, the 256 yeah, level yeah, yeah. Um, like is unplayable because it, it, it turns into mush. Mm. Uh, programming mush, effectively. So, there's like... I, I, I see why people do that. And there are certain games where I will finish them because I'm having a great time. Or they've pissed me off to the mm. point of uh, like I need to finish this so I can take this out of my uh, console and destroy it yeah yeah I mean there's two there's two ways that I'll play through a game one is because it's it's there's something there that's compelling mm. and the other is that is that I hate the game and I want to beat it so that I can like basically like you know give it like two fingers up two mm. middle fingers up and then like you know spit on it and stuff like like, like Dark Souls for me was like that like I beat that game because I wanted to prove that that game didn't have the better of me. You yeah. Know? Like, I was and I of, think that's why a lot of yeah. people completed it. And I agree. Yeah. Like, Pete, I have such a big retro gaming collection. People go, oh my God, have you finished all these games? I'm like, no. I have played all of them. Mm. I don't even like some of them. Mm. Uh, in fact, there's a, probably quite a few there that I don't like. But mm. there are some that I will play over and over again even if I'm not good at them. Mm. I'll still play them for fun. Yeah. And, uh, you know, eventually I'll run out. There are games which I will just keep playing because I have such a good time, like Broforce. Yeah, you come back to them and things. Like, I think you mentioned that, like, every now and like, once a year at least, you sit down and you play through Mario World. Yeah. Usually, just because yeah. it's a palate cleanser. Yeah. Like, it, you play through that game and you, it's it's a memory trick as well. And you mm. can play that, that game, like, you can, you know, there's... There are many exits to certain levels and stuff. You can like kind that. of like but speed run it. Yeah. You can you can speed run it, or you can go meticulously and do like every single level in every single world along the way. Unlock everything, or you yeah. can do the you know do the hard part first, get to the Star Road, and then like get all the Yoshi's, and then it makes the rest of the game more fun. Mm-hmm. There are actually a few different ways you can do it, and no matter what happens, you will always have a good time. And there are certain challenges, especially if you go to Star Road first. Yeah. So yeah. I think. I just think that uh, there are many different ways that people play through games. Uh, mm. And there are people who will occasionally buy so many games. They've got too many games. Yeah. And they will not buy any for a year and go back and try and finish as many games as possible. Mm-hmm. Which I think is also admirable and works more on the side of economics as well. Because yeah. at least you're trying to get your money's worth rather than 
it's almost like digital hoarding with Steam sometimes. It's like, yeah. I saw this game, I heard good things about this game, I'm sure I'll come back to that game sometimes. Yeah. And I say that as a retro gamer who buys games. Yeah, yeah. it's a similar sickness with the Steam sale crowd mm. and the retro gaming crowd. It's like, oh, well, look, this is a steal at this price, you know? Mm. Someone's selling this game for a dollar, I better get it. And then you're like, you know, it just sits there and you don't really do anything with it. I will um, play every game that I buy. Mm. There are some that I have not gone back to. Yeah. Uh, and there are some that I I just heard recommended and then I get them because, oh my God, I found this game. Mm. Play it and go, yeah, why did I buy this game? It's not what I thought. But, you know, there are, you know, I will also sell someone as well. I don't necessarily have to have them in my arsenal at all times. Yeah. And that's the great thing about being a retro gamer mm. is that if you buy a cartridge or something like that, and even sit on it for a few years, chances are a bit later down the line, somebody will pay equal what you paid for it, maybe even a bit more if it's mm. got a bit of noise around it. So Yeah, yeah. I mean, people play games for all sorts of different reasons, don't they? I yeah. Mean, like, for me, it's... it's I don't know. Like, I think it's escapism and tickling... Like, there's, there's particular things that some games do that I'm drawn to more than others. So... While I'll I'll pretty much play any game once. Like, I don't really... Apart from maybe, like, racing... Like, driving games kind of annoy the crap out of me. But apart from driving games, I'll pretty much give anything a go. So um, do, you, do you feel the need to win? Yeah. Like, is that, is that like a... Ma- because that is... Sometimes that is a person's major drive. Is the yeah. need to play something and win. And or beat, beat it, it. Or beat other people. Look, I think... I think... Hmm... I think I always set out with the intention of beating it. But then I often find that at some point, um, I'm not having fun with it anymore. And I choose to move on. And I think that's probably... Like, that's not a sign of being, like, I don't know, like, soft or, you know, or, like, you know... mm, Like, not dedicated enough. I think that's a sign that I'm actually, like, mature enough to realise that I'm not enjoying this... My life is finite. I need to I need to spend my leisure time doing things that I enjoy, not not just like slugging through something for like the limited kudos I'll get from my peers. You know that oh you beat that game, oh great, you know like yeah. like oh, you get the Dark Souls badge. You, you get bragging you, rights. Yeah, like bragging rights aren't really that great. I know? will <laughs> do something for bragging rights occasionally, but yeah. it has to be for the right game and for the right reason, yeah, I think. Yeah. Uh, but most of the time, it is just because something's, you know, really annoyed me that much. Like, I finished... Mm. So, Sonic 1 mm. for the Master System. So, this isn't for the Mega Drive or the Genesis. Sonic yeah. 1 for the Master System. Mm-hmm. A masterpiece of a game. Mm-hmm. More of a... Rather than, like, a, a, an action platformer, it's kind of more strategic. Yeah. In the way that you need to play carefully and you need to know what's coming up. Yeah. And, you you know, you can go kind of fast, but that's not really recommended. Yeah. It's more of, it's more of a classic platformer. And yeah. I play... And I, I love that game. I got all the Chaos Emeralds. Finished mm. it. Recently played Sonic 2 for Master System. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, like, people go, oh, my God, that's got to be twice as good. And you know what? They improved on some things, but... Like, they made it so much harder that it wasn't fun towards the end of the levels. Yeah, I yeah. went through that game, could not find one of the Chaos Emeralds. Wow, None yeah. of them were hidden in anywhere that I you I think would... they were in, like, bonus levels or something. In, yeah, in I two. can't remember. I think, yeah. I, think, I think some of them are in really obscure places and levels. Yeah, yeah. That you kind of need to fall down, you know, basically holes and then press left and, and go in and stuff like that. And I finished it 
without getting all the Chaos Emeralds, thus not getting the last level, mm. and thus not rescuing Tails. Right. I just defeated Silver Sonic, mm. or Metal Sonic, or whatever it was, and I kind of got to the end of that and went, you know what, I probably could cheat my way or go back and get the Chaos Emeralds for mm. all of those, but it's, it's just not that great. Yeah. It's not as good as Sonic 1. It's so hard, mm. and they've made everything so much more obtuse that it just doesn't register on the same wavelength like yeah. yeah you know i get it some people like a challenge mm. but i kind of when i didn't finish this properly but eh good enough yeah finish sonic 2 yeah for master system yeah you know i think i think that that sort of exemplifies a lot of what we're talking about here in terms of like you know like why do why do we play games what is it this is getting a bit philosophical but like what is it about games that we enjoy and i think there's been a lot of thought on this topic. The, the the view that I tend to gravitate towards is that games trick our monkey brain into thinking that we're doing something that is good, that we're, like, achieving something. Mm. And it triggers... It, it sort of sparks off those pleasure centres in our brain that we get from, like, solving a problem in real life or, like, achieving something in real life. And so, in a lot of ways, games are, like like, an illusion... That makes our brains happy, you know. Like it's it's giving us that pleasure of achievement. Yeah, you're releasing endorphins because you've yeah. you've done a task yeah. that says that your monkey brain or lizard brain says this is you know a to b to finish. Yeah, you've I, done that. And you I started, think... you did, you finished. Good job. Yeah, you've you know you've reaped the harvest. Sorry, I bumped the table there. I'm sorry that that probably sounded terrible in the um. The recording, I'm sorry. But so, um, that, that's one side of it. But there's also another kind of pleasure that you get from games. I think it's more intellectual. And there's... Yeah, and that's kind of like what I call kind of like the role-playing side of games. Mm. Where you're enjoying inhabiting a character in a world. Or playing out a scenario like in a sim game or something like that. Like, it doesn't necessarily have to be a role-playing game. Like a, a simulation game fits the bill as well. And you're you're experiencing something, whether it's visually or mentally, or like you know it's making you think or act in a certain way that you wouldn't get an opportunity to do in your real life. Mm. And that's a different kind of pleasure to the whole like problem solving, achievementy part. It's it's this pleasure. It's the pleasure of experiencing something outside of what you would normally experience right and i think those two things is kind of what games like offer is on the one hand that sense of like yeah i beat the boss or yeah i beat that game hurrah you know or you know like progressing and and like yeah all of my numbers are getting bigger you know oh my god i can fight better orcs now whatever it is you know that sort of like sense of progress progress and achievement combined with that feeling of like wow I, i would never be able to afford a lamborghini but in this game, I can drive a Lamborghini, yeah. you know, or or I can be a wizard, or what you know, whatever it is that that you know. I think there's a there's an element of escapism there, but like yeah. there's also a third thing which I which might be a combination of the two. But sometimes I play games, and they might be games that you can finish, mm. that you can actually complete. But I don't I don't play them to finish them. I don't play them for the sense of achievement. I just play them sometimes to turn my brain off. Yes. Like, this is something that I... I turned my MAME arcade on the other day Mm. to play Street Fighter 2. Now, I have Street Fighter 2 and many other things, but I just wanted the visceral joystick buttons Mm -hmm. like you would in an arcade. Mm -hmm. I I played my MAME. I played Dulcim. Yep. I was Dulcim. 
and I got the my ass handed to me because I haven't. I play. I was playing like uh, Rainbow, I think, which is like one of the harder uh, versions of the game, which was. It's effectively turbo. Is it like Super Turbo or something? Yeah, yeah. yeah it's it's yeah, effectively yeah. something that was a ROM hack at okay. the time, yeah. and it was on my main arcade machine. And I'm like getting my ass handed to me, and I'm still going. This is just kind of fun. Like I'm losing all the time, but I don't care because I'm just playing Street Fighter Two. Yeah, and I'm doing Yoga Flame, Yoga Fire. Yeah, it's like that. <laughs> it's like that kind of like. It's not so much like even nostalgia. It's more just like that. You that can, sense of like it's like the comfort and and re- relaxation yeah. of. Of stopping worrying about your life. It's so concentrating on one thing that's actually pretty simple that it blocks everything else out. It's kind of like watching that episode of The Simpsons, which you like, but you've already seen 30 times and can quote verbatim. verbatim. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, yes. A lot of people describe games as being like a sensory deprivation tank Mm. where you like, you you step into the world of Skyrim and suddenly you're not thinking about your dead end job or, you know, the fact that you've got six kids and are like, and you know, the house, the house is going to get repossessed mm. or whatever, you know, whatever problems you have in your life, you're just like going to go on this quest to like rescue the magical staff for that villager that you just spoke to. And, and that's all that you're thinking about. And I think that's, that has you its know, merits as well. And beneficial and like, you know, just, yeah. And sometimes you zone it. So zoning, I yeah. think that there are other ways of saying the zoning for me is when all of a sudden, you just play m- through that magical part of your brain. Yeah. And you don't even know you're playing. Mm. Like, you, you're kind of thinking someone else is playing this. But then mm. you look down and your hands are actually, like, that. You, yeah. you're zoned in that part of the brain where it's, like, the gaming part and the rest of your consciousness have separated slightly. Mm-hmm. And your brain is doing really well out of instinct. And you're watching going, wow, this looks really cool. Who's playing? Oh, I'm playing. Yeah, That's yeah. pretty cool. I'll just keep watching this. And that's something that you don't. That's that's something that's like like especially offered by that sort of twitchy kind of game, like yeah. the platformer, the fighting games, the. And yeah. sometimes it happens during a particularly difficult part because mm. some of your brain is focused so much on that that it's even like another part is able to detach itself somewhat. Which yeah, I think I I don't doesn't happen to me too often. It does happen to me in Street Fighter Two sometimes. Mm. Um, it has happened to me several times in uh, Super Mario World, especially in the later levels when it gets quite difficult with yeah. platforming. Yeah, I've definitely felt that with platformers in the past. That sense of like where you're you've become so good at it that you're kind of you're not even thinking about it. You know? Yeah, that's cool, and that that that's relaxing in another way as well. But I think it comes down to that same core idea that. When you're playing the game, you're not thinking about yourself or your life. You're in, you're in, your your mind is taken off reality, and that like that sounds bad, but it's actually really really healthy. It can it can you be know. you know it's it's better than alcoholism. Yeah, yeah it's better than drug addiction. Yeah, both of which offer those that same sort of release from reality. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So I I don't know like it's. I, I think it can just be healthy to just pick up a controller now and again. Yeah, it's like meditation or something, I think. Well, it's, well, it's better than meditation for me. Um. All right, well, uh, with that, why don't we take a break? And we'll be right back uh, for more uh, of the same ribald commentary. And alcoholism. Can't, can't it be two things? It can be two things. Sure. Alcoholism.
So people are always asking, like, oh, what did you do in Japan? You must have done so much stuff in Japan, all that Japanese stuff there is to do. Mm-hmm. Like, well, yeah, you know, I especially in Tokyo, when I was with, uh, with El-chan, mm-hmm. I watched a lot of Rick and Morty. Mm-hmm. It's Cla- classic Japanese pastime. Yep, oh, yeah, yep. <laughs> and uh, I, I, you know, I did... Did you watch a bit of South Park as well? There's a bit oh, of South Park thrown yeah. in there. Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. And I watched heaps of Simpsons. Uh, Lots yeah. of Simpsons. Yeah. And that's what I did with my time that's in Japan. That's what... When I think of Japan, hmm. I think of the Simpsons and South Park humour. That's, <laughs> that's really, you know... When I tell people this and I go, this is this is how I've been spending my time in Japan, they go, <laughs> what the hell is wrong with you? They seem to have some sort of aneurysm. I think it's because these are people who who would desperately love to visit Japan and have dreamed about it their entire lives. Whereas you lived there for a long time and the novelty wore off and then you were just like, I just want to watch The Simpsons. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> it's not even that the novelty wore off. There is still a big novelty there for mm-hmm. me, believe mm-hmm. it or not. Um, it's just, I, I really enjoyed Japan, but I, I also made a lot of friends and I like spending time with those friends there. Yeah. Uh, one in particular, Elchan. You know, he gets back after work. I get back after a day of retro game hunting. Mm. Uh, we just throw some some Simpsons on. Mm-hmm. I crack open uh, a beer or possibly an entire bottle of bourbon, <laughs> and that's it. That's and that, and that to me is kind of what makes the holiday. Mm. Like it, it makes it relaxing for me. It, it allows me to wind down because mm. I know coming in the future, I won't be able to do that as as often. Yeah. So believe it or not, I really yeah. appreciate that whole. Actually, just being able to, to lie back on a like a, a couch slash futon mm. and, you know, watch Salty's Dream Casino where, where where two AIs effectively fight each other using stupid 2D fighting characters. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, you know what? I, I had a great time in Japan. Guma. Yeah, what is... What is like, where is Guma? Guma is about two prefectures north of... Um, North of Tokyo, it is in the mountains. It is rural. Mm-hmm. Uh, the place where we were staying wasn't that rural. It was like, kind of next to a bigger city. What's rural Japan like versus rural like Australia, for example? Like what's... okay, okay, rural Japan. Okay, yeah. The time of year I went. Think about this. Mm-hmm. Think about nothing but white. Wow. And then yeah. like maybe you see like a couple of trees poking out the top and maybe a house. Okay. Because it snows a lot in yeah. the mountains. Yeah, yeah, right. uh, like and it's thick snow. Yeah quite thick sometimes it's so thick that it actually crushes buildings so (laughs) yeah that that actually did happen one year it crushed a a greenhouse on my on my wife's family farm gosh uh here fourth will just be called the farm the farm sure the farm so we did actually go to the farm quite a few times um i can't stay there and that's because that's not because you hate the farming life although you kind of do i do hate the farming life (laughs) i do not hate the farm though i actually quite i have a, a a very I have quite a fondness for the place, mm. despite the fact that I can't live there for, you know, more than a day before I die because of my allergy to cats. It's infested with cats. <laughs> yeah, there are load-bearing pillars of cat fur in that place, which I'm deathly allergic to. It's like, there's so much cat fur in there because there's like, there's 20 years of cats, like two cats, 20 yeah. years or something ridiculous like that. Mm-hmm. And... Like, although the, they clean the place, you know, mm. there's this, like, there's an infestation there that you just can't get rid yeah. of unless you burn the place down and start again. <laughs> so, and even then, I'm not 100% convinced. <laughs> the ghosts of the cats <laughs> just haunt the place forever. So, my... Yeah. And there's a, uh, Look so, in their buttholes as they <laughs> stare at you with their de- deathless eyes. <laughs> Why do people have cats? This makes no sense. <laughs> 
I'm just I'm just channeling like all the cat hate that like I've heard over the like just like, seriously it makes no sense to me I yeah. so I don't find cats that cute in yeah. fact I think I think they kind of look like lizards but with more hair and I like lizards yeah I and, think like even, hairy lizards nobody likes a hairy lizard why would you like a cat <laughs> deal done see I've just solved the cat problem even like like I say this to someone who's owned cats when I lived with my parents for many years and had a lot of fondness for them but I will say that the best you can hope for from a cat is a sort of well-natured tolerance of your presence. <laughs> like, that, that, is, that is, like, the best you can get from a cat. Is when they're like, oh, yeah, go ahead and stroke me, all right. <laughs> like, that is, that is, like, the pinnacle of the friendship that a cat oh, can give you is like, is, like, to put up with you yeah. and not be a bastard. You know what I mean? Like, this is why I'm a dog person. Dogs, you know, dogs are good. They genuinely are excited to see you. Yeah. And to show it because they're terrified of losing their status in the pack. And if they know that you're the alpha, they'll kiss your Which butt. Which I am. They'll kiss your butt all day long. And mm. like, that's nice. And it's nice to come home to someone who's like fawning over you and like, kind of like, oh my God, you're home. I love you so much. Whereas the cat's just like, oh yeah, it's you. Yeah. Yeah. Because the cats don't have that mentality. Because <laughs> they're just like, whatever. <laughs> so what my wife did do is she actually cleaned a room yeah. in the house so thoroughly that I could actually... I mean, be there for a couple of meals mm. so we did, I, I went over there you know like three or four times mm-hmm. uh, and I had a lovely time we went over for lunch and there were a couple of kids there mm-hmm. um, uh, Maria's cousin's uh, uh, two boys okay uh, and um, Maria's aunt and uncle a couple of those so it was a big kind of Japanese feast which mm. I'm allergic to fish I couldn't eat everything but I could eat some stuff and they made like a special Japanese curry for me which mm, was nice lovely. which everyone else went oh curry's a good idea maybe I'll just mix in curry with this like traditional udon <laughs> udon noodles so uh, that was a lot of fun but uh, it started off something uh, which I like to call and they like to call sake oh I see so rice wine there was lots of that and uh, I had some mm-hmm. and my wife's grandfather who's still kicking i think he's 88 years old right um was getting pretty blotto and then <laughs> my wife's uncle makoto um who i love the guy he's he and his wife sanae mm. are so like they're such a great couple they never have kids they never had kids but mm. and so they treat maria like their kid yeah yeah so they've got such a great relationship with them and she was an only child so they used to spoil her mm. and we just got Drunk, <laughs> so drunk that Makoto fell asleep, <laughs> and his uh, wife and I was so pissed off. She had to drive him all the way home. You know, it wasn't snowing then, thankfully. Mm. But it was kind of getting close. It was very, very cold outside, and I don't know. Like, I just, I just enjoyed being there and hanging out with those people. Yeah, like, uh, that's cool. And then I, I went over for dinner again, and then uh, Zensaku, who is Maria's grandfather, bought out another really nice bottle of sake. And then I think we polished the overwhelming majority of that off. And you got to remember, kids, it was a two-liter bottle. Those are massive, <laughs> massive bottles of sake. What's the percentage alcohol volume? You know, it's a, it's about fifteen percent. Wow, yeah, that's that's strong. That's like strong wine. Yeah. It is, yeah. It's kind of strong wine, and the thing is, like, it's so easy to drink. It's almost like drinking water. Mm. It's dangerous. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and we did drink enough to mm. I, I, you know, I have a pretty high tolerance. Yeah. But even I, by the end of that bottle, was thinking, you know what? I think it's a really good idea to stop. <laughs> I very rarely have those realizations. Uh, 
Do you do you like the taste of sake? I really do. Yeah. I didn't at first, but I think that was because I was drinking bad sake. Ah, uh, okay, yeah. But yeah. when I figured out what the good stuff was, mm. oh, it's so tasty. It's mm. so good. Like mm. when you have good sake, and you know, to be fair, it's like anything else. Mm. You need to develop a bit of a taste for it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and you need to be, you know, you need to be a bit more mature than drinking bourbon and Coke all the time. You know, you yeah. need to expand your, your palate a little bit, I think. Mm-hmm. It's fair to say. Sure. So, I had a great time in Guma. Mm-hmm. Uh, saw the family. I actually got a lot of shopping done. I yeah. thought Guma was going to be boring. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, it's a rural, mostly, area. You know, there are cities in there and everything like that. But yeah. they're, not, they're not happening places like Tokyo is. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we figured out something to do almost every day, you know, like we, cool. we went out, uh, you know, I had my international driver's license, so I was driving in Japan, which I'd never done before. Nice. Was that, was that, no, they drive on the right side of the road, but which I mean left side, right? <laughs> they drive on the same side as of a, the road as, as we do. Yes. yes. Which is the correct, I the would correct. say the correct side yes, of the road. the correct side of the road is the left side. Yeah. Apparently, actually, your brain, um is better at driving on the left side than the right side. Really? Yeah. That explains a lot. Yeah, it does. It, America. It really does. <laughs> I'm looking at you. So, it was a lot of fun. I enjoyed driving there. Mm. I'd never drive in Tokyo because there's no point. Too many cars. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Why would you? Yeah, nobody drives in Tokyo. Yeah. It's it's circular reasoning. It's very odd. Mm. So, we... So like, no, no one drives and yeah. the traffic is really bad. Oh, yes. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> Exactly. Let's think about that for exactly. a minute. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So I could go out and do things by myself, but I never really did that much, except when I think one or two nights, the one night that uh, Maria did spend back at the farm mm. was the night that I recorded that uh, Gaiden podcast. Yes. Yes. We played a bunch of retro games. Yeah. On the Famicom Mini Classic. Yeah. Now, I like the problem is that I was so unhealthy over there. I didn't put on as much weight as I thought I would, mm. but... Every time we drove past a restaurant or something like that doesn't exist in Australia, it was mm. like, we have to have that. We have to have that. Mm. We actually had to make a list. <laughs> Check it twice. Yeah, right. And then go to all of these terribly unhealthy family restaurant-esque type of places. Right, yeah. Uh, and it was good. Mm-hmm. The food was good. Mm. I went to Kokuichi Banya Curry House many times. Mm-hmm. But oh, I was feeling so sorry for myself by the end. <laughs> it was. We even had KFC for Christmas. Nice. We had Christmas with the Colonel. Now that's a tradition in Japan. In Japan yeah, Japan, as yeah. I've talked about before. Yeah, yeah. And I, you know what? I gotta say, quite nice. Yeah. Like I thought, mass, you know, pro- mass-produced chicken, fried chicken, like maybe not great. Mm-hmm. And especially at Christmas time, I thought so much of it. And they must be cooking so much of it that it mustn't be. It must be even worse. But we had this chicken. And it was so good. I don't know what what it was. Maybe it's because I haven't had KFC in, in such a long time yeah, or something. Possibly. Yeah. Or maybe it, might, it was just good KFC. Like maybe it was just some, good KFC. It just made the hell out of it. Yeah. That's a possibility, <laughs> yeah. I guess. Not plausible, but a possible. I've heard that the local... This is a bit of a digression. But I've heard that the local KFC where we live, the Gungalan one, is no good. And that you, you should avoid it. I have um, eaten there maybe once in the past yeah. like year and a half. Yeah, me too. And I didn't like it. I didn't mind it, but I just have it so uh, infrequently that yeah. it's just like, yeah, it tastes like KFC. I think the problem is f- I, I lived in close proximity to a Kingsley's, which is, which is the, uh, the Canberran sort of like... It's, the, it's, a, it's a Canberran southern fried chicken chain, which mm. is a ridiculous concept when you think about it for a minute. But that's what it is. And it's superior to KFC. It actually really is superior. 
It does taste good. I didn't realize that until I had KFC after having a a steady diet of of Kingsley's. And I was like, oh, this is not as good. You know, like it actually really hit me that the flavor of the chicken was, was like... Not, not quite right. Possibly because, like, you know, yeah. Kingsley's is more sourced here, and I don't know, like, maybe they freeze the chicken before. I don't know how it works. It's something but... to do with the seasoning, but anyway. Yeah, and... Yeah, uh, and anyway, this is off topic. King Kingsley's chips? Yeah. Really good. They are awesome chips. They are awesome chips. <laughs> the, the guy who used to do... who I, I think it's still uh, Kingsley's, King Mr. Kingsley. Yeah. Um... Always did his own ads. Yes. And they were terrible. Like, they were they were like a toy submarine with a piece of string going, You like subs? Ding, ding, ding. Yeah. Come and eat our delicious subs. Excellent chicken. Awesome chip, whatever. It's unbelievable chicken. Oh, yeah, okay, whatever. I don't want to advertise for Kingsley's. <laughs> unless they pay us. I'm just, I'm just saying, if you throw us a 20-piece family feast, I'll pretty much do anything. <laughs> he will. Trust me. I've thrown him that before. <laughs> Uh, that's how I. Yeah, that's how I get him to do this podcast right. to this very day. Couldn't walk for a week. <laughs> I was gonna say. I was, I was gonna put it about to put in a line saying along the lines of "suck me off," but you went there first. Uh, yeah, I did. I really did. You totally did. I just, I just saw that and jumped on it. So there were a couple of places like we went out to lots of shops, mm. uh, and I did a bunch of retro game shopping. And my wife did a bunch of secondhand clothes shopping, which is quite cheap in Japan. And we both mm. bought things from both places. Uh, Maria got really into Mr. Driller, the Namco game oh, okay. for Game Boy Color. Is that wait? I'm I'm just gonna judge it purely by the name. Are you a man with a drill? Yeah. Sick. <laughs> Apparently, Mr. Driller. Get this. Totally, totally get this. Yeah. Dig Dug's son. What? Mind blown. Yes. Apparently, there is the canonicity of... in in Namco games. What? Not not Capcom. Did I say Capcom before? Who did Dig Dug fucked him. There is there is a person. Okay, maybe I should ask my phone. Who did, Who did Dig, Dig, Dig Dug, Dug fuck? fuck? And then Google okay. will know that you 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 asked. Okay. All right, all right, all right. Okay, no, no. <laughs> Who did Dig Dug fuck? It doesn't. It didn't want to acknowledge that you asked for that, so it changed the word fuck to P H U C. Oh, who oh, did? God. Okay, all right. Siri wouldn't care. Siri would be like, "Oh, you want to know the real raw shit?" All right, here you go. <laughs> Siri don't care, but Google, Google wants to wants to censor that. It, wants to keep the real information. No, I th- they thought it was like a, a hip hopper named oh, who okay. fuck or something like that. All right, yeah. Who That's... did dig dug fuck? <laughs> To make, I don't think Google there, has enough. There is a Dig Dug Fuck YouTube channel here. Oh so, my like, god! <laughs> oh my god! Well, I, think, I think we're in the dark web, AC. I, I, I think, think we may have we may have hit Namco Gold here, baby. I think we're in the the black web, or whatever they call. We're gonna end up buying arms from Syria or something. <laughs> Oh god! I think that's right. Anyway, I bought all this cocaine from the CIA somehow. I don't know how I did this. <laughs> I don't know what happened. Oh, I, I just googled who to dig. I really hope this is true now, because if it's not true, I'm going to look like an idiot. <laughs> Who's dig having sex with? It was someone. Oh god! That's where my mind immediately went. It's like, who's the mum? There is a mum. I know there is. I just can't remember the name of the character. Fucking Miss Pac-Man. <laughs> no, she cheated. A dirty, dirty. <laughs> She's an adulterer, the worst sort. Uh, okay, the main protagonist of Dig Dub is Taizo Hori, hmm. who digs and kills pukas and f- uh, fugars, which sure. is drill pump. 
It sounds really well, sexual. Well, the game itself was introduced years before the Mr. Driller series. It is considered an important addition. Okay. Uh, All right. As it is... As it features the future father or... Wait, wait what? Wait, wait. This goes, this goes deep. I don't know what's going on here. Susumi Hori and Ataru Hori. Who are these? I... Okay. So, apparently, Namco Law is really deep. Okay. So, Dig Dug had, had a future sex. F- okay. He, so, he had a sexing with a lady. Okay. Ataru Hori. And from that unholy union. Okay. He is a major character in the Mr. Driller. So, Ataru Hori is Mr. Driller. Okay. Okay. He is Mr. Driller. He is Mr. Driller. Okay. And Let's figure this out on air. Okay. Uh, the future father of... <sighs> it doesn't say... Like, it doesn't, doesn't say who the mother is. Who? You know, this is just typical of the male patriarchy, where the, the pivotal, dare I say, primal role of the woman in the genesis of the child is glossed over, and... The Hang male Taizo Hori is a major character in the Mr. Driller series. Is is that counted as Dig Dug? I look, I'm not sure we should go any further. I think we need to come back. We need to come back to this. All right. Okay, we'll we'll, we'll come back. We'll come we, back to this. We, we in like, episode twenty six. I guarantee we will tell you who the mother of Mr. Driller is. It may have been the other way. Like Mr. Driller may have come first in the canonicity, but not in the timeline. Maybe Mr. Driller. Went back in time, giggity, and had sex with the mother of Dig Dug, which who was in turn, Queen Elizabeth, who in turn was his own. We're wife. talking about Japan, okay? So, <laughs> I, I did a lot of retro game shopping. I sent back uh, a big box full of uh, a sea chest, as it were, full of retro gaming stuff. We need to get through this, okay? I'm sorry, uh, and we. <laughs> I'm still thinking about Dig Dug fucking someone. Dude. <laughs> I'm sorry. We we might even need to pause this and come back to it at some point. <laughs> anyway, right, moving on. Right, C-Chest. Okay, C-Chest. doubloons and such. Yes. Uh, I got quite a few games there, uh, some of which were on my list and some of the, which were bonus and some of which I might try and kind of sell on mm-hmm. to try and make some of my money back. Yep. Uh, but I got I got a lot of cool stuff, which I'll probably make a video about. Uh, in Then I went to Tokyo mm-hmm. after New Year's. And so you spent pre-New Year's Guma first three weeks in Guma, and then just after New Year's, I went back to Tokyo. Mm-hmm. Uh, spent some time with uh, with Elchan, and I did a lot of retro game shopping over there as well. I went to many hard offs. <laughs> I went to Akihabara. I went to Nakano Broadway, mm-hmm. and I got I knocked quite a few things off my my list. I got a uh, Bubble Symphony. Which is like oh. kind of like Bubble Bubble Two, like it's like it's like the original Bubble Bubble, but like not Parasol Stars or or uh, Rainbow. Uh, God damn it, I can't remember what it's called. Often, like the the timeline of Bubble Bubble is split into so many different weird. Yeah, because you got Rainbow Islands. Yeah, so Rainbow Islands was like the story of Bubble Bubble Two, but there is another Bubble Bubble Two made for the NES, but that's not very good. Okay, but it's very rare. But this is kind of like the arcade Bubble Bubble 2, okay. but which was released onto Saturn as Bubble Symphony. Right. And it is actually a good Bubble Bubble game. Okay. I also got uh, uh, Darius Gaiden for Sega Saturn. Okay. I got Namco Museum, which has a whole bunch of old Namco games. Like, there's about five or six volumes in Japan. Hmm. I got volume number four just because it seemed like it had a lot of games on there which I wasn't familiar with. Okay. Uh, and... 
Uh, I also got Parodius Deluxe. Ah, very good. Yeah, and you and I a bit of... Uh, it's fair to say, we like Parodius. Well, I think we're... I have become a fan of that game. Because it's it's a, it's a portmanteau of uh, parody and Gradius. Yes. The, you know, the popular uh, side-scrolling shooter from... Like a parody shooter. Basically, that's what exactly what it is. Yeah. And I thought there was only one game and they built on that with, like, extra special editions and what. But it's, it's kind of like a series of games. Like, every game is actually different. Yeah. Like, different enemies and, and like, there's sexy Proteus, there's normal <laughs> Proteus, there's Saturn Proteus, there's PS1 Proteus. It's got that, like, Japanese, like... I think one of the things about Jap- Japanese humour that a lot of people miss, which I've found, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, AC, but hmm. there's a big thing for absurdist humour and like just things that are just random and weird. Yeah, like, it's, it's, they find that really funny. Like it's very, yeah. it's very Dada-esque. Yeah, there's a lot of Dada-esque humour there. Yeah, and I, I had a lot of fun just surreal. going through. And this, mm. the deluxe actually has two versions of it. Yeah, like the PS1 version and the Saturn version, I think. And. Like, I think I want to do Parodius next time. Yes. Because we'll probably record over at my house. Yeah, let's do it. Let's this Parodius. Like, I'm locking it in. Parodius, yeah, Parodius is, is going to be next. Uh, and it'll just be fun to play that game and to talk about all the absurdity that's in there and the bosses, like the, the cat on a pirate ship. Yeah, that's the best. It's a cat that is and is on, at the same time, a pirate ship. Exactly. So, that's good. So, I, I did all of this stuff, and I went out with friends. I, I went to Sizzler, because, like, Sizzler's almost like a staple for us over there. It's like... I know Sizzler still existed. It does over there. And, like, all we do is get the salad bar, and it's, it's stocked so well. And mm. they've got soups, and they've got, like, Mexican kind of esque food where you can like create your own tortilla and like lots of like different two different like Japanese salad or you know and western style salad Hmm. they even had beetroot and you never see beetroot in Japan yeah I love beetroot beetroot's like such an Aussie thing isn't it you'd think so but you know like I just I don't know I don't know what it is I love beetroot despite the fact that it it stains everything yeah beets so we went there twice we went there um with maria and may when they came the first time and also we i went with um with uh, some other friends over in japan some of, of whom actually listen to the show uh chris huh. and phil i think phil actually listens to it and chris is forced to listen to it <laughs> and uh, um, they're like big board game aficionados as well okay. uh, and we didn't actually get that much board gaming done this time mm. we did have an austin powers day Okay. Where we started to play a board game, and then we watched Austin Powers, and then got really, really drunk, and then went to Kokowichi Barn at like 11 p.m. at night. like the progression. <laughs> you know, that's the logical progression. Oh, we were quoting that movie so much afterwards. Uh, it is a great, it's a great movie. The second one is just, it just hits that comedy mark so finely. Just yeah. so, so very well. It's its own thing, and it's also a parody at the same time. It's so difficult to hit that sometimes. I'd have to rewatch number two because I really enjoyed the first Austin Powers. I think the first Austin I, Powers. And then I, so I found two a bit like on the nose, but it is on the nose. But it's like the first one was proof of concept. It's like yeah. we can do uh, a parody of a spy, but we, instead of calling him Bames John, yeah, you know, he's his own character with, yeah. from this own particular point in time. Yeah, so. Uh, we we love watching that. Um, okay. And so, you know, as much as I did go out and do a whole bunch of Japanese stuff, mm. uh, I went to the Switch event with uh, with Drew, uh, who's a, a more recent friend. Uh, he's kind of... He was a friend of a friend who became a friend. <laughs> That's... Well, my mind's spinning right now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, okay. it was... And uh, he was a, he's a, a whiskey aficionado, and oh, he loves Japanese whiskey, and nice. so do I. So, oh, it was like. great just talking about that with someone who is also a drinker. Mm, mm. 
So, Someone who appreciates the finer things in life, specifically the booze. And getting wasted. <laughs> Super duper wasted. Oh, oh yeah. And, and trust yeah. me, Japanese whiskey will <laughs> fuck you up. Uh, so I and so it was just fun talking to him about these subjects, which because uh, El Chan is not a drinker. Mm. Um, and so I don't know, I did all of these things which were so much fun. Mm. But when I look back on it, and I'm trying not to look back too much, because I, I sound like an old man, I remember that time in Japan. <laughs> Shut up, old man, that was two weeks ago. That's right. Give her the times. Uh, so I'm trying not to focus on it too much because it w- I had such a great time mm. that it kind of depresses me to think that I'm being back here. Yeah. And yeah. I'm back by myself. Yeah. So that's, that, that is the worst part. So it was really difficult hugging May and Maria for the Did last time. Did you have one time. of those tearful... You know, oh, I'm, those I, tearful airport farewells are the It worst. wasn't at the airport. It was at a bus terminal because they couldn't come all the way out to Narita because Narita is Narita Airport. He's mm. in a stupid place called Narita in Chiba Prefecture. <laughs> it's a stupid place. It's a stupid place. I freaking hate Chiba so much. Uh, anyway, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, my old my old Tokyo biases is showing through. Actually, they used to live in Saitama, which is even worse than Chiba, but we won't go into that now. Isn't that cheap? Chiba's the place where they like set um, that cyberpunk novel. What's it called? Um, Shadow uh, Run. No. Oh. Run Shadow. No. Oh. Damn you to heck. Neuromancer. Oh, okay. Really? Chiba? Yeah, I think Chiba City was like a big part of that book. Anyway. Okay. I I read it once, like a long time ago. I think, you know what? I think I have Mm. read that as well. It's a cool book. But But yeah, yeah. I I was probably possibly too young. Yeah. Everyone's talking about this this cool, awesome future tech sort of thing where everyone's a punk and you're a cyber. Yeah. And I read it and I was going, I don't get this at all. It's all about hackers and drugs and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, But it was was pretty cool. But um, yeah. So I did. I I even as a manly man who mans, I did have. I did shed a single tear. My eyes were very red. Mm. Anyway, uh, it was very difficult to say goodbye because they won't be back for another six weeks or so from now. Mm. Um, That's a long time. So there'll be seven weeks without seeing them overall, I think, and it's very depressing going to an empty house. And you think, oh my god, I see, you could go and play video games and do anything you want. You don't feel like doing it in the same way. You don't kind of feel like sitting down and just diddling hours away. I did turn on the arcade machine and I have played, uh, you know, I played the games which I previously mentioned. I played some Mario Kart 8 with some friends last night and had a mm. good time. But when you're there by yourself... You know, it's funny, isn't it? You yeah. just don't... You don't always feel it. So... It's like when you have people that you love and you're into gaming, you want them to be there when you're there ignoring them playing games. Like, it's <laughs> it's a bizarre thing, but it's actually... I don't think true. you're ignoring them, no, per we, se. Yeah, that's, a, like, that's a harsh way to say it, but... But, you know, you, you do you do feel like you're being social, even if you're just, like, shouting at someone in the next room over going, Oh, you, you, wait, come in here, see what I did. My wife's wonderful, the way she, like, humours me telling her about, like, Oh, I fought the Picts in, it, in Total War Attila. I tell you what, I, I besieged the capital... And I used siege towers, and she's like, "Oh, yeah, mm, very good." You know, she's very good at like <laughs> pretending to care, which I really appreciate. So yeah, so I, it's yeah. There is a, an odd thing where I do want to. <laughs> I, I do the same thing, listeners. <laughs> I I you know I, I do have been playing games, but sometimes you just get home and there's no one there, and you think ah, maybe I'll just watch something on the internet for a little while or something. Mm. I don't know what it is, but like when there's no one to come home to, you don't have that surge of energy that you sometimes get. Yeah. You think, oh, my baby's here. I can play with my baby for a little while. And Yeah, it does. It does give you inspiration. It inspires you. Yeah, I really hate to say it because yeah. Yeah, it's one of those cliches. But uh, you know what? 
I, I, I do miss them. I will try and take advantage of this time because there's nothing I can do. Mm. They need to be over there to spend time with Maria's mum. Mm. That's important. And it's it the is language very immersion as well. And, and they need to be able to... You yeah. know, this is the only chance they can really do this. Yeah, yeah. Because Maria is still on maternity leave. So, it all makes sense. And it sucks for me. And it mm. sucks for them because I can't be with them either. Yeah. But, you know, sometimes you just got to say, well, this is actually a good opportunity and probably the best thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. You so, got to think of it that way, I think. And I think I, I probably need to... Buckle down to go right. I'm going to play some games. I'm not going to be depressed. I'm just going to play games. Just beat that Castlevania or whatever you're trying to do. You know, <laughs> beat that Castlevania. I'll yeah, beat it good. Just, yeah, get the get the good armor or whatever. It yeah, is, I'll, I'll probably be talking about some of the games that I got in the coming weeks. Yeah, sure, um, sure. I got I got a Kokorichi Banya curry game. Yeah, for PS2. I also got a, an Evangelion fighting game, which I'd really love to try out with you at one stage. Sure. Uh, and I actually got a PC Engine Duo with CD mm-hmm. because, like, the card readers always work, but the CDs often don't work. This one works, or at least did work last time I tried. Hmm. I don't have the AC adapter. Okay. In ironic, <laughs> I left it there because <laughs> it's got like the Japanese prongs. I thought, oh, mm-hmm. that's not mine. Yeah. And I got back and went, oh, nothing else fits this. Oh, God, I left it there under the table. I remember seeing it, and I remember going, oh, it's not mine. But it was mine. It was totally mine. Damn it. So now I need to get L-Town to send it back to me before I can play it, and hopefully I'll get it before they come back so I can actually have a chance to play it before I don't have a chance to play it. And hopefully the <laughs> CD uh, portion still works. Yeah, yeah. That'll be, that'll be my main concern. But it's... Uh, you know, I did actually play the retro games over there as well. Mm. Um, I had a lot of fun with them. Uh, PC engines are great for shooters. I am not great at shooters, but I love playing them. Yeah. Yep, that's fair. I think I think I'm pretty much in the same camp. I, I die really quickly. Yeah. Um, but there's but, something yeah. lizard brainy about it, you know. Totally. Very twitch kind of and sometimes if I haven't been drinking, mm. I can do quite well at them. Yeah. The problem is that I'm drinking like what, ninety percent of the time? <laughs> 95 you know some people say like there's a sweet spot where you've had enough drinks that you're really good at pool but you're not you haven't had too much so that you become yeah. crap at pool and I think there might be some argument there that video games are similar there's a certain it's very difficult to keep that level going though yeah know? yeah true because like I have one glass of bourbon I'm great I have two glass glasses of bourbon and I'm saying blast <laughs> well that's cool yeah thanks for enlightening us about that's right I'll, that I'll talk about it a bit more in coming in coming episodes, I dare say, sure. about, you know, what, you know, maybe amusing anecdotes that didn't occur to me at the time. Because, you know, a lot of stuff did happen. It's just a bit too close, isn't it? It it's is a, a little bit, too, bit too close, yeah. Yeah, you had time to digest. Uh, and with that, I think you have a quiz. I do now. AC, I know that you've been very busy. Yes. Overseas. Uh, with family. And I usually do the quiz, I know, I know. because I'm a bad yeah. man. Normally, on a stream of nonsense, I do the AC quiz. would do the quiz, and I would However, have a lovely I, week off. I did the quiz last time for Elchan. Well, that's true, so, so I do owe you one. You owe me one. So I have prepared a quiz for you, okay. and uh, I mentioned briefly earlier that it was a public holiday recently, and that public holiday was Australia Day. The invasion Day. Yes, it's the day where we celebrate the time when big ships full of white people arrived off the coast of New South Wales and pretty much started the downward spiral for the native population. So, in honour of that great fortuitous moment for mm-hmm. uh, some people, okay. uh, I have prepared a quiz. God, yeah, my, my, my friend Whitey McWhitewhite loves that whole Yeah, thing. look, you know, it's, <laughs> no, look, it's, it's a whole thing. It, it is. It's become more of a thing recently and I understand why. Mm. Uh, and I think... 
what Australia should do is become a republic and yeah. then change the date. Yep. Because because there's such a like the first fleet was ba- was not Australians as we know them now. They were English people who basically invaded another country. Yeah, and it was kind of, declared it as their own boatload of convicts. Yeah, they, they like, didn't want to be there. Well, either. This place sucks. You guys can go here. You know, <laughs> like they just found the suckiest place they could that wasn't America, <laughs> because America had like you know rebelled by that. Yeah, point. no, it's true. Uh, and and went all right. We'll dump you here. This place is awful. It's full of snakes and spiders. Enjoy. And, you know, we, you know, ruined their fun by making a decent enough kind of a nation out of it. But Yeah, the, we kind of did ruin their fun because they want to come here now. And we're yeah. like, uh-uh. No. Instead, you get crappy soap operas. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, neighbors and home and away. Yeah, so... Don't look those up. You don't. Don't do that. All right, so... So, uh, I have a better quiz for you in honor of Australia Day. Okay. Uh, and it's the most patriotic quiz we've done yet. Bugger. Now, this is Game Life Balance Australia. So I thought, what better way to celebrate Australia Day yeah. than by doing a quiz about Australian video games. Okay. Hit so, me, baby. AC, this quiz is called, Is It Aussie? Oh, dear. So I'm going to read out the name of a game, mm-hmm. and you're going to tell me whether the developer was based in so Australia. Not the publisher, but no, the developer. The developer. The people that actually sat down and did the made coding the game. and okay. made okay. the freaking game. Were okay. they Aussie or not? All right, hit me. Were they true boo bloody Aussies? Shut up. Uh, question number. <laughs> Sorry, I hate that. <laughs> question number one. Yeah. Uh, all right, here we go. Just say now. Crossy Road. Crossy Road, the beloved uh, mobile game, the endless road crossing game, endless uh, Frogger, if you will. Endless Frogger. True. Yes, that is correct. Points on the board. That was made by Hipster Whale. <laughs> Hipster whale. Hey, you could have just told me the developer and I just would have said, yeah, that's an Aussie company. Based yeah. out of Bondi Beach, probably. Yeah, look, it's it, and their logo is a whale with a beard and thick-rimmed glasses. So, they... question number two. All right. Now, you may have heard... I hope you've heard of this game because you claim AC to be a retro gamer. Yeah. But have you heard of the game The Hobbit? An influential early role-playing game released in 82 for the ZX Spectrum. Uh... Later ported to a whole bunch of other stuff. Comedy because 64. it's a specky, I'm going to say false. Well, you're wrong. It's actually... It was developed by... Yeah. Um, hallowed in the history of Aussie game development. Beam Software. Oh, Beam. Beam okay, Software yes, in Melbourne. I am very, very familiar with Beam. Yeah, yeah. Um, because the specky, the ZS, ZX Spectrum, mm-hmm. wasn't big here in no, Australia. No, it wasn't. It wasn't very big. It did have a America. We had the Commodore 64 was our big, like, sort of home PC. I mean, this is a little bit before my time, to be completely honest. Yeah. So there, there probably were a couple of speckies around, but... Um, yeah. Like, you, the fact that it was developed here is yeah. interesting. developed for the ZX, and then it was ported to a whole bunch of other stuff. BBC Micro, Oric, apparently. So, yeah, that was a very influential game. Maybe... Okay, so a lot of those early computers actually had a similar architecture. Mm. And we had one in Australia called the Micro B, which I think... Mm. Uh, may have been very similar to the ZX. And I think it's actually maybe the very first computer I ever used at school. Hmm. There you go. Computer, I think. Like, we're going way, way, way back here. Yeah. Well, there you go. The Hobbit. Uh, very... I remember it had a B on it. The, the computer I used had a picture of a B on it. Mm. Much that, like Quarters. That was a very important <laughs> game in the, um, in the world of text adventures. And, and sort of, well, not text adventures, but like, you know, adventure games. The Hobbit was like mm. a big deal. So... That was an Australian game, so that's cool. Interesting. Question number three. Your favourite game, Echo the Dolphin. Was that an Australian game? No, it wasn't. No, you're right, it was not. It was made by Novo Trade, a Hungarian developer. 
So blame really? Hungary. Yeah, blame Hungary for you that. You know game. what? I thought Sega of America actually coded that game. Apparently not. No, Nova Trade. That's so interesting because I think they may yeah. have come up with the idea, but I didn't know they didn't code it. Oh, maybe they outsourced it to Hungary. Mm. For all I know. Well, and Echo the Dolphin. Mm-hmm. Terrible game. Don't play it. Yeah, that game sucks. I even have the Master System version. Don't play that either. Yeah, it kind of makes sense when you read some of the like the dialogue in that game. That I can't m- even get past the it first. Might bit. have been made by people who had English as a second language. Uh, <laughs> is Hungary landlocked? Is that it's like? Do they have an ocean that possibly has? I think it. I think they have no idea what a dolphin is. <laughs> Uh, they just sort of read about them or something. Okay. Uh, Alright. Okay. They watched a lot of Flipper. <laughs> Question number four. <laughs> Crash Bandicoot. Was Crash Bandicoot an Australian game, I see? No. I don't think it was because it was developed by... Points. Extra points if you get this right. Uh, oh, Naughty Dog. Yes. Double points for you. You get two points for that. Uh, yeah, Naughty Dog. Was... Naughty Dog. That's an American. Yeah, 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 yeah. Filthy American Yanks. It was... <laughs> they weren't actually first. They, they, they were, they were yeah. first or second party Sony, but Sony kind of co-opted them and said, look, we'll, we'll give you lots of money if we can use this basically as yep. our awesome 90s, mid-90s mascot. Yeah, so that definitely wasn't Australian. Yeah, but Bandicoot Although... Is an Australian uh, marsupial. That's right, and you know there are sort of Aussie overtones in that game. Dare I say some quasi-racist Aussie overtones? But be that as it, take it may. Um, well done. Uh, question number five. Okay. Now this is a recent one, so good luck. <laughs> Devil Daggers. You may have heard of Devil Daggers. It's a first-person wave-based shooter. Uh, very popular amongst the indie set. Now, What's was, it on? Is it was a uh, PC? Uh, I'm going to say true. Yes, you're right. It was made by Sorath Games. Uh, it was an Australian developer. Um, yeah, that was very. That's very much an indie darling. Devil Daggers. I haven't checked it. I haven't played it myself. I have heard of it. It, it kind of, sometimes things like this kind of cross my desk. Yeah. Because one way or another, it's like, oh, it's Australian and it was made here, and mm-hmm. like that's so rare these days. Yeah. Okay. It seems to be a very appealing to people who are into like Doom and stuff from the the olden days of first person shooters. So. Be that as it may, check that out, I, I guess. Uh, question number six. Yep. Now, this is a very famous game. Yep. Fruit Ninja. Is Fruit Ninja Australian, AC? Yes. You're right, correct. It is. Made I... by a Brisbane developer. Yep. Half Brick. So, uh, Fruit Ninja, we can claim the dubious honour of being the uh, the country that spawned I don't think the... anyone cares where it comes from. That's yeah. the thing. Like, it's a bloody popular game. Oh, it was it, a popular it was game. was popular. Like, and I yeah. think they, Half Brick tried to do a couple of other things. I think they did a jetpack game as well, which yeah. was quite Nothing really enjoyable. But nothing it really caught on as much no, as Fruit Ninja. But what can, really? Yeah. I mean, look, you know, you have a phone where you like can trace your finger over mm. the screen. Um, and they made a game that exploits that. So that's, you know, points to them. They, they did a very good job of that. I actually knew they were from Brisbane. So. Oh, there you go. Cool. So this is, this is, this is working. It's playing to your strengths, AC. So that's good. Question number seven. Now let's, let's, let's dive a bit deep. Okay. Gran Turismo 2. The, uh, the Sony PlayStation game. Gran Turismo 2. The sequel. Uh, you know Aussie what? Aussie or not? You know, sometimes sequels are farmed out to Australians, mm. but I don't think this one was. I'm going to say false. Correct. This was made by um, a Sony-owned corporate, uh, Sony-owned developer, Polyphony Digital. So that was an in-house... Polyphony. Oh my God, I think I've... A Polyphony? Polyphony? No, yeah. I always read it as Polyphony, but I could be wrong. Could polyphony be sounds like more fancy. So yeah, yeah. It, but I think they don't exist anymore. No, or I they think, were absorbed. I think they were absorbed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think that's right. Like the like the humble amoeba. <laughs> they were absorbed. Um, so, yes. Uh, no, that, that was a trick question. All right. How about this one, AC? Okay. The beloved 
SNES role-playing game, Shadowrun. Oh, okay. You're like for most of these questions, I've had like some like something in the back of my mind. Mm. I do not own Shadowrun. It is quite a famous game. Yes. Um, for people who are who love the SNES and are SNES collectors mm-hmm. and who love uh, you know cheaper city. Yeah. And who are, you know, the runners of Shadows and Cyberpunk. That's right. So, you know, the, the punks of cyber, if you will. I kind of tempted to say yes in this instance, but uh, my actually, I'm going to say yes. My instinct is yes. saying yes. Good on you. Well, well done, because uh, that was made by Beam Software. Another, oh, God, another really? Beam joint. Yeah. Jeez, that's so surprising. Beam, actually, from... They, because they, that's a good game, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, like, very, very well-respected game. Yeah. Um, and Beam like doesn't is not hitting a hundred every every game. No, they made said. they made some real stinkers. But um, that <laughs> one was a classic, a stone cold classic. So okay. uh, yeah, props to Beam Shadowrun. That's there's actually been a, a kind of recent sequel to that game called Shadowrun. Oh god, it's it's on PC. It's it's like a reboot. I've heard of it. Yeah, Shadowrun Returns. Or is something. it isometric or something? Or... Oh god, people are gonna hate okay, me. Right. Right. They're gonna hate me. It's on my wish list. Okay, Shadowrun Reborn HD Remix, whatever the hell it's called. That one. All platformer games are bad. <laughs> um, okay. Question number nine. Number nine. All right, we're in the home stretch. Was this game made by Aussies? The Simpsons Hit and Run. Okay, uh, Simpsons Hit and Run was a pretty... You know what? I'm going to say no. Mm-hmm. Just because it may have been, uh, but Simpsons Hit and Run was actually a pretty fun game. Like, mm-hmm. it was kind of like a early Grand Theft Auto. It's like a crazy taxi ripoff, basically. Yeah, it kind of is. Like, yeah. you know, nobody dies in that game. No. And you, But you do have missions to go on and, and do stuff. And I had a bit of fun playing that game back in the day, and it had... I think the original voice actors, so I'm going to say false. You're right. It was made by a Canadian studio, Radical Entertainment. Oh, okay. So you're doing very well here, I see. I'm very proud of you. Uh, and question number 10, mm-hmm. Bioshock. The first one? Sure. Was the, was Bioshock, with the first the first Bioshock game, was that made by an Australian company? Um, Australian developer? No. I'm going to say false. You're wrong. It was made by Irrational Games. Irrational, really? The oh, Canberra, okay. our local boys... And they were a subsidiary of... Uh, 2K. 2K, yes. Yes, they were actually... They were, that studio's closed down now, I think. <laughs> I think they were called 2K Australia at their demise. Yeah, I think... Shame, because they were they lived, They were literally in this city. The city think, that we live in. I think I met someone. Yeah. A friend of mine was dating someone who was working for that studio. They actually worked on all... All of the Bioshock games were irrational. Mm. So Bioshock, Bioshock 2, and Infinite... And then All they closed made them down, by Irrational. Yeah, no, this, you know, it's a, it's a tragic story. I'd like to document it a bit better. Hmm. It might be something that we could actually do a bit of a service to the gaming community by interviewing interviewing one of the people from Irrational because uh, I'm sure they have lots of tales to tell. Can we do that? Um, we might be able to do that. Possibly. I've actually, I have toyed before with, um, with a concept called Kidnap Theatre. Okay. <laughs> Where, you know, if, if one of us actually manages to get an, a willing interviewee Mm-hmm. You know, from the would, industry, or? from the industry, or you know, someone who's got good tales to tell, or something like that. Um, mm-hmm. You know, or who has been a collector mm. for a very long time, or has like high end sort of stuff. Sure, kidnap theater would basically start with with them being kidnapped and me interviewing them, or you interviewing <laughs> them. Uh, I don't know. It just sounds fun. Like kidnap theater sounds like such yeah, a. We waterboard them for the first half hour. Yeah, but the rest is pretty good if you yeah, get through that. Because sometimes some of these things, you know, like they, <laughs> they, you know, people are a little bit. Um, reticent, yeah, to talk about. But if we yeah. call it kidnap theater and we waterboard them, 
you know, then... They've got their perfect excuse. <laughs> exactly. the dirt. Exactly. That's they exactly being, what I was thinking. They were being tortured. So, uh, final... Uh, I did quite well in that quiz, actually. You did. It was uh, two to you, eight to me, well plus done. one for the bonus question, so nine, I guess. You know your Aussie video games. I, well, I, they, not a single AFL or cricket game in that list. You know what? I was, I was almost ready to bet that the ten points were... You were going to say... L.A. Story. Was that developed? Oh, L.A. Noir. L.A. Noir, yes. Yeah. L.A. Story is a, LA Story is a great movie with Steve Martin. Yeah. I got that wrong, but watch the movie. <laughs> L.A. Noir is a pretty good video game as well. Yeah. Uh, but I remember that was developed by... Bondi. Oh, it was Bondi Studios? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. But they were owned by... Um, it, was, it was Rockstar. It was Rockstar, but then they closed them down. Yeah, yeah, they were short-lived. So all of these things we're talking about, the whole overwhelming majority of them have now closed down yes they've, they've either been absorbed into other companies or have been shut down entirely mm. so it's we a rather sorry tale really it's mostly indie in australia now we don't have large game development studios no. like we did in the 2000s unfortunately the government kind of stopped subsidizing it yeah which led to a bit of a demise so that's a bit of a shame um some great work was done the bioshock series critically acclaimed um you know all those barbie Dreamhouse games made by the people who did Ashen maybe not so critically acclaimed? No, but, still... but I'm, I'm sure that those guys are still going. Yeah, like, the great irony is that the people who made Bioshock sacked. No. And the people who made Barbie's Dreamhouse 2, Barbie Boogaloo, <laughs> are still out there cranking out the crap. So, what does that, that tell you about the video game industry? It probably, it probably tells me that, the, that um, Barbie Dreamhouse 2 might be good because they absorbed the people from Bioshock <laughs> That's right. series. Uh, My God, wouldn't that be so awesome if they just like released a Barbie game that was just so awesome? <laughs> that people were going, whoa, this is great! Holy crap, this is amazing! The only problem with this is that they've got that Aqua Song Barbie girl playing on a loop over and over <laughs> and over again. Actually, I might like that. Yeah, you might actually. Like, Andrew is a closet. I'm not going to say closet. You're an you're an out there fan of of Aqua. I am. Yeah, I'm, I shouldn't be that out there with my uh, my Aquativity. <laughs> I, I am an Aquarius. Yeah. No, actually, I'm a Taurus, but <laughs> Aquarian. <laughs> kind of uh, it just sounds funny. I, I do, I do like Aqua's antics. Yeah, shall look, we say they were kind of cute bubblegum pop techno stuff. You know, it was like it was so overly cute that I, yeah. I don't usually pay attention to pop. That they were so over the top that it seemed like a parody to me, and I came kind of came round. I them. have to wonder because if they aren't a parody, <laughs> then they're terribly cheesy. But, terribly, terribly so. Yeah. But at least they don't seem to take it that seriously. No. They're not going out there saying, my pop song has like so much to give. It's like, we yeah. made a song about Barbie. Yeah, I think they were very self-aware, mm. no matter what they did. So that that's good, I guess. And if, if there's one thing that you can learn from this show, it's to be self-aware about how crap you are. As we are on Game Life Balance Australia. And with that, AC, why don't you read the copy? Okay. We hope you've enjoyed listening to... <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Oh God! Game Life Balance Australia. Oh. You, you see, you didn't you didn't say not in the Queen voice, oh. so I I jumped in there. Do I have to specify now? Yeah, pretty much. Don't do anything in the Queen's voice ever. <laughs> Just don't. ever, ever. What 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 about at your funeral? <laughs> They'll go nuts at my funeral. <laughs> oh, oh boy, will I? Do whatever the hell you want. The Australian edition of the Game Life Balance podcast. <laughs> you can visit us on the web at GameLifeBalanceAustralia.com where you'll find links to our podcast feeds, video content, blog posts. We don't really have any of those, but... Shut hey. up, shut up, shut up. I'm... Shut <laughs> up. Good intentions. 
Links to mail. Sister show in the US. Uh-huh. Gamelifebalance.us. That's right. Or gamelifebalanceus.com. Yeah, check them out. They're good. They do, I, they do I, a actually, good job. I actually do have a, a goal for this year. Mm-hmm. I don't really have any like New Year's resolutions because I'm a terrible person. <laughs> but I, I would like, before this year is out, mm-hmm. to get all four of us yes. on one stream doing I think what I think Game Life Ultimate nice Game Life Balance Ultimate or I don't know something along the lines of like Excellence Ultimate something that combines all of us and would basically have the four of us talking over each other all the time brilliant it probably wouldn't work but I really want to try it I think we should because I I think I've always wanted to do that myself Sorry, I'm bending down to pick up a burger ring <laughs> off the floor because I don't care about my life. He was about to eat it. He put it up to his mouth and went, yeah, like chewing a big noisy chip no. kind of, uh, you know, uh, crisp on air is probably not a good I idea. really wanted to. Yeah, but, I, yeah, I could tell. I, I've wanted to do that for a while. I think it would be great. I, I think, think we I think we, we need to organize it. We need to actually do it. It yeah. would probably be like a like a Saturday or Sunday morning for us. But if we can pull it off. Well, if now, now that it's on record, we have to do it. We have to. And Cody and John... Uh, you Who have the to... hell is John? <laughs> Uncle Stabber, right? Yeah, yeah sure. Uh, drug muley, <laughs> drug muley, Uncle Stabber. Old drug muley mule, <laughs> S- selling the drugs to the children. <laughs> We're great at improv. Selling the drugs at the primary school. <laughs> you know, you're one step away from calling him something else here. <laughs> I just don't think we're going to cross that line, but we're going to go everything up to that line. That's right. No, everything up to that point, we will... We'll, yeah. Okay, so... Oh, God. You can, you can follow us on Twitter. <laughs> Rob is at Reboarded. I am. I am at Prod Tally. Um, you were thinking about shutting down the official Twitter feed? Yeah, oh, I'll think about that. I, I'm thinking of converting my own, my personal uh, Twitter account to the Game Life Balance Australia account. Um, and doing away with the Game Life Balance Australia account. Or, potentially, just the latter. <laughs> but we'll find out. We'll find out. I mean... Yeah, it's something that we've both, like, you know, like, we. it does have a certain amount of followers. I think what I've found is that people like me yes. more than they like the show I do. Well, so, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I found yeah. that as well on Twitter, actually. I have, like, f- almost 500 followers. or And, you know, that's not a lot on Twitter, but, you know, yeah. I do seem to get a lot of activity now and again. So. so, you know, it makes you wonder whether maybe the show is something that is better exposed to people through our sparkling personalities rather than on the merits of the show itself. Mm. Um, so that's something I've been thinking about, but... Uh, yeah, look, we'll see what happens with that. But in the meantime, you can definitely follow me at Reboarded and the show at GLB Australia. All the episodes will be spruiked there. Yep. I think uh, that's the problem with that account is that the only thing we do is spruik our episodes. Like, yeah. we don't really do much else well, with that. What else? Yeah, that, that, and that's kind of where my brain is going in terms of like, well... I mean, why, I don't, why mind... don't we just promote the show ourselves? Yeah, that probably does work a little bit better. I, can't, I can't say I... Um... I disagree with you there. Mm. Um, I, I mean, I, yeah, I didn't really, I don't think I have, a, I have much of a, a strategy for that account. So that's maybe why it's not really working out. So great. I don't um, think it's doing badly. I just don't think, you know, there's, I think it's pretty bad. <laughs> but yeah, we'll see. I'm not making much great efforts to, to, to promote it. So we'll... no, we, we probably need to do more effort in promoting ourselves as personalities because this is a personality based podcast yeah, for the most part. You definitely know, a problem. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> Because our personalities stink. Well, you can speak for yourself. <laughs> Mine is awful. It doesn't stink. Thank you very much. 
All right, but thank you very much uh, for listening to Game Life Balance Australia. Yeah. Uh, this, uh, yeah, we went for an hour and a half, and it's now almost two hours. Yeah, it's this is how it always works. But we had a lot of fun in the tooth. So stay tuned for um, more uh, Miss uh, Dig Dug Mister Driller fuck stories. I guess. <laughs> oh, God.